Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Thursday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry with me here today. Fun show planned for you. A lot of college basketball as all the conference tournaments getting underway now. So we'll have a lot of updates on what's going on in the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, all these big tournaments, and... Again, a preview of Auburn and Arkansas tonight coming up at 6 o'clock in the SEC tournament. Already had a wild one earlier in Nashville to talk a little bit about, and it's that time of year where uh, each and every season could be on the brink as teams try to make last-ditched efforts to make the NCAA tournament. So a lot of talk about college basketball today. Also, maybe a little bit of NFL uh, as free agency going to get going here in about a week or so. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's made a lot of headlines, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Also, we'll, we'll, we will reveal Sports Call's Player of the Week today. So a lot to do today on the show. Ryan, Brant, and Brooks. We'll start with Brant. Brant, how are you doing, sir? I'm fantastic, man, and you hit the nail on the head. It's just a... A bunch of thrillers in a row going on right now as Brooks does a hammer motion as, you know, hitting the nail on the head. Um, yeah, just an incredible start to the conference tournament slate today. Uh, that Florida-Mississippi State game was absolutely wild, went into overtime, final came down to the final seconds, and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And uh, it's, it's March, man, and it's, it has that March feeling, and hopefully Auburn can come out on the right side of it tonight. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we've been talking about the game obviously a lot this week, but going to be uh, another preview of it today, and we're looking forward to a game that the line has changed a lot on in the last 24 hours. When we did this show yesterday, it was a Auburn favored by one, a lot of money towards Arkansas, Arkansas favored by three. Also, while we're on the broadcast or while we're doing the show today, we, we hope to figure out if Dylan Cardwell is going to be available as well. Brooks Childress also on the show. Brooks, how are you doing? I am doing great. It is a, uh, you know, it it's not the prettiest day outside, but it it's we we're, we're here, so it's a beautiful day here in uh, Auburn Opelika. Uh, can't wait to talk to all of our callers. Can't wait to talk some some college basketball. This is a, a great weekend for sports. You know, you've got all the conference tournaments. So it you know next weekend. Next Thursday through Sunday is going to be great because the NCAA tournament is here. Everybody loves March Madness, but on another this is this weekend is just another level of it because everybody's playing this week. It, it's you know over the past two weeks you've had conference tournaments going on. The smaller conferences started last week. The bigger conferences, the Power Fives, are getting in. Uh, started you know yesterday, Tuesday, day before. 
and and so it, it's 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 March Madness on another level because it's everybody's playing and you can have teams that run you know run in and they, they win a couple games and play their way into the tournament. There's teams that are out there that are, you know, playing their way into maybe an NIT berth, maybe a, maybe a berth down, you know, one of the smaller uh, conference or tournaments down the line, the CBI or the CIT uh, down the line. So there, there's a lot to play for this week. Even if you're not on the bubble for an NCAA tournament spot, you're trying to, you know, improve your one. You're trying to do, leave, leave this year on a positive note and have some momentum going into next basketball season. But you're you're trying to get you know potentially if you're if you're right there you could make maybe play your way into an NIT spot or something else and then you know Auburn baseball big win last night on the road uh, big first road test of the year they were supposed to go out to uh, Los Angeles a couple weeks ago that obviously got moved to Plainson Park because of weather out there on the West Coast so their first road game of the year that went up to Jacksonville State I know that's a place that uh, Butch Thompson talked about on the pregame show last night on the Auburn Sports Network that it's it's a place that's always got good fans. I think last night was actually the second largest home crowd at the that ballpark for Jacksonville State ever, um, and so it was a, a rowdy crowd up there. And you you got a good performance, a six to three win. Continue to uh, roll along, and you got a weekend series coming up against a formidable opponent in Southeast Louisiana that you saw here in the regional last year. So can't wait to talk about that. Can't wait to talk Auburn basketball, and can't wait to get this show on the road. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, conference tournaments to talk about. We can start with the SEC tournament as we saw two games last night between Ole Miss in South Carolina and LSU in Georgia. We've seen one very dramatic game today between Mississippi State and Florida. And Mississippi State and Florida were, uh, that was an overtime game. It was the 8-9 matchup. They ended up being just as even as their seeding suggested. And despite Colin Castleton not being in the lineup for Florida, Florida was able to take Mississippi State to overtime. They had a shot to win at the end of regulation, a three, and they missed it. They had a shot at the end of overtime to make it or or try to uh, win with it, and they did not make that one either. And so the SEC tournament has started off strong. Ole Miss with a, a sort of close victory last night against South Carolina, and then LSU actually beating 11 seed Georgia after I talked about how bad LSU was yesterday. So uh, it is that time of year where upsets start to happen. Uh, but uh, this SEC tournament bracket, right now Tennessee is playing Ole Miss. Uh, that is a game that, uh, of course, uh, be- between two teams that should have been uh, vastly different in the in the standings, and they are. But we will see if Ole Miss can test them later tonight. Obviously, Auburn, Arkansas at 6 then Vanderbilt and LSU coming up about 30 minutes after the Auburn game. So, uh, guys, what do you think of what we've seen in the SEC tournament so far and then just previewing the rest of the day as a whole? Yeah, I think uh, Ole Miss – or, excuse me, LSU beating – they beat Georgia, right? That's Ole Miss beat South Carolina, LSU beat Georgia. Yeah, I think LSU beating Georgia was a little bit shocking. I think – I thought Georgia was kind of rounding into competency, you know, for the first time in a while. Um, but they, they did kind of fall apart at the end – uh, of the season and kind of culminated with a loss to a really bad LSU team. That that was surprising to me, but you know I, I don't expect either any of these teams to go super far. I do think Tennessee will pull away from Ole Miss, even though they have played through a, a quarter, quote unquote, of the game, and it is only a two point game. Tennessee leading by two right now, uh, but I, I I think that I don't know, man. This is 
this tournament is so wide open. As good as Alabama is, they have shown that they are very human. Uh, I think any team really could come out on top of this tournament. I think there are a couple of teams that definitely won't, but I don't think there's a definitely will in this field right now. Brooks, what about you, what you've seen so far? Um, you know, it, it's I, I think I said this earlier today in the office. Ole Miss, it the you know, in in in, in British uh soccer, and I know nobody likes to hear about soccer, uh when we talk about it but uh, it's just a comparison don't worry don't turn your radios off uh in english soccer whenever there's like a a change in the coach or the change in the manager uh the team starts to play well right after that that's kind of what it felt like Ole Miss has done is they Kermit Davis got fired and now they they've won a game in the SEC tournament they beat a South Carolina team um and moved on to play Tennessee currently playing Tennessee right now I think they're up by two uh if I yeah. quickly read it uh correctly uh but yeah they they're you know giving tennessee a fight right now lsu uh a team that has talent on it but we you know we we saw them play all year and like you said yesterday ryan uh not not a great team not a not a great uh not a great basketball team georgia as you said brant we thought they were a a team that could you know could win a game here and you know potentially give vanderbilt a game uh in in the next round which would coming up later tonight but you know LSU got you know fought their way in Ole Miss fought their way in the two lower seeds fighting their way to the next round and you know it, it's March Madness for a reason Mississippi State uh, you know I, I guess quote unquote upsetting Florida they're the higher they the, they were the higher or Florida was the, the the higher seed in the in the tournament but you know I don't know if you would call that an upset because it's an eight nine uh, but Mississippi State had to go to the wire and then. It's it's a fun it's a fun tournament SEC tournaments one of the one of the uh, game one of the tournaments that you can see really anybody uh, get on a run I know we saw Texas A and M get on a run last year uh, everybody of course remembers the Auburn run uh, a few years back with Bruce Pearl's first real run into the SEC tournament with KT Harrell uh, led that game they get to the they got to the semis against Kentucky didn't they yeah of yeah. that year. And uh, that that was the first time I remember ever being like just super excited about Auburn basketball was yeah. KT Harrell going nuclear for two or three games in a row. And it, and so anybody can get on a run here. Anybody can make them, you know, make some moves. And it, it it's a fun tournament. And, you you know, you, you could have an upset here uh, with the, this Ole Miss Tennessee game. I think ultimately Tennessee, you know, can find it in themselves to shut down this Ole Miss, Ole Miss team. But who knows? Who knows? That's the yeah, fun Ole, of March Madness. That, Ole Miss, when, when uh, you started this monologue, Ole Miss was down by two, and now they're up by six. So yeah. it rapidly, rapidly might be falling apart for Tennessee. We'll see. Also, if you'll recall, to start SEC play, this was the matchup. It was Ole Miss and Tennessee. They might have been the very first game to tip in conference play, and Ole Miss led that game for about 30 minutes or so before Tennessee took charge late in the second half so that is the beauty of this week too because obviously we all focus on the brackets and all that stuff once we get to next week in the big dance but technically as unlikely as it might be everyone still has the ability to earn a ticket this week Uh, and even though that there are a bunch of teams that are are not very good and and not anywhere near the bubble look even though Ole Miss is probably going to lose Tennessee today if they beat Tennessee, surely they're not going to go uh, much further than that. Technically, Ole Miss has not been eliminated from the NCAA tournament yet because they could still earn a spot. You win and you're and, in. And exactly, and you can get the automatic qualifier. So even though it's unlikely, it is something 
to play for. And, of course, we're going to talk about kind of all these big conference tournaments, what we're seeing, what we project throughout the weekend. We need to take our first time out of the show. When we come back, birthdays and sports, and we'll also go to the Auburn Bank phone line coming up. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call. Listening to the multi time Abbey Award winning sports call. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back to Sports Call on this Thursday. Ryan LaVoy, Brent Daughtry, Brooks Childress, watching some basketball. Talking some basketball. Talking some basketball. Walking some basketball. Nope. We need a we need a mini hoop in here so we can play basketball while we watch we'd never, basketball. We'd never get anything done. We'd never get anything done. Yeah. But also, it, it would be the trifecta, watching it, talking it, and playing it at the same time. Well, I'd take a charge a on live I'd, air. I'd, uh, I'd miss a bunch of shots. We would just have For to sure. have a, a disclaimer. Please apologize the background noise. <laughs> you know, we're all bricking yeah. shots in the studio. <laughs> um, but it, good to hang it up like right there. I there, think that would actually be pretty. Yeah, cool. no, there are places to put it, and if we ever video right the there show, as I point to the radio. Right. No, there. Are, but in the corner of the studio, uh, there is a place to put it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say it will not happen. Uh, but in theory, it's a great idea. Uh, let's get to I'm the going day. to Walmart tonight. Uh, okay, uh, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. Time for some birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays and sports presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Today's birthdays, great list, including Suni Lee, who turns 20 today. War Eagle. Auburn gymnast, member of Team USA, won a team gold medal, silver and floor exercise, and bronze and uneven bars in the 2019 World Championships. Gold medal, all-around team silver medal and bronze medal and uneven bars at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Eight career-perfect tens at the collegiate level. The 2021 Sports Illustrated Female Athlete of the Year, 2022 SEC Freshman of the Year, Sportswoman of the Year, Gold Medal for Balance Beam and Silver Silver Medal, easy for me to say, at all-around 2022 NCAA Championships, appearances on Dancing with the Stars and two docuseries for Peacock and YouTube. The very popular Suni Lee turns 20 today. Mark D'Antoni turns 67 Former Michigan State head football coach from 2007 to 2019. Also head coach of Cincinnati from 04 to 06. A 132 and 74 career record as a head coach. 
winningest head coach in Michigan State program history with 114 wins. Played defensive back at South Carolina from 1976 to 1978. Go Cox. Various DB and DC coaching stops at Akron, Youngstown State, Kansas, Ohio State, and even Michigan State. Led the Spartans to three Big Ten championships, two division titles, and one college football playoff appearance. Two-time Big Ten coach of the year. Mark D'Antoni turns 67 today. He just retired, didn't he? He didn't get fired at Michigan State. I don't know. Uh, he, he's obviously a little older, but I know that things were not going as well at the end either. Um, True. It may have been a mutual parting of the ways. Yeah. So yeah, one of those, I'm stepping down, Yeah. but it's like, hey, buddy, uh, it's time. Yeah, I, I, I really think that was the case. Brian Bosworth turns 58, linebacker when he played in the NFL. 1987 supplemental draft selection of the Seattle Seahawks out of Oklahoma. 19... 19- 1985 National Champion, three-time All-Big 8, two-time unanimous All-American, two-time Butkus Award winner at Oklahoma, 1987 All-Rookie Team, 1999 Sports Illustrated NCAA Football All-Century Team, College Football News, 100 Greatest College Football Players of All Time, and is a College Football Hall of Fame inductee. Post-retirement from NFL, worked as an actor and commentator. Subject is ESPN 30 for 30, Brian and the Boz. And if you'll recall, there's also a famous moment between him and Bo Jackson when Bo Jackson informed Brian that he was still not tough enough to tackle him uh, before reaching the end zone. Brian Bosworth turns 58 today. And the the bio, it doesn't have his current career on that. He's the sheriff of Fansville. Yes, I, had for, I had forgotten about that. I forgot that, that was that, Brian Bosworth. That is true, and those are funny. Mohamed Abdul Ralph turns 54 today, formerly Chris Jackson, if you prefer. Point guard, third overall pick of the Denver Nuggets in the 1990 NBA draft out of LSU. Tagus. Two-time Mississippi Mr. Basketball, was a parade All-American in 1988, and McDonald's All-American. At LSU, Ralph earned many honors, such as SEC All-Freshman Team and National Freshman of the Year 1989, two-time SEC Player of the Year, two-time first-team All-SEC, two-time consensus first-team All-American, his number 35 jerseys retired, 1991 NBA All-Rookie second team, and 1993 NBA Most Improved Player. Mahmoud Abdul-Ralph turns 54 today. Again, Brian Bosworth, 58, Mark D'Antoni, 67, and Suni Lee, 20. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. And uh, Good list today. Good list today. There'll be an even better list tomorrow, though, as uh, people want to stay tuned for that. I'm excited about tomorrow's list. Just throwing it out I haven't even looked at it. I don't even know what it is. It's done. I haven't looked at it yet, though. I did the graphic for it, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, nice. I, I I will keep it on the down low, and everyone can we'll can see. see what that uh, what what that will mean tomorrow. I guess we'll see. All right, let's uh, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. First up on the show today, Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve. Steve, how are you doing? Uh, very good, sir. Uh, thanks for taking my phone call as always, and uh, we have the. Uh, Two B's, Mr. Uh, Brooks and Mr. Brent. Yes, sir. And you, Ryan. All right. So, guys, uh, apparently, according to, is it uh, Devontae Smith? Uh, that used to play at Alabama? I mean, no, uh, Nick Smith. Nick Smith, right? Oh, from Arkansas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is our Super Bowl game tonight. 
Uh, did did he actually say that or? Yes, he did. Yes, oh. he did. Oh, yikes! This is getting really old, guys. I mean, apparently, uh, every opponent that we're playing, it's our Super Bowl with them. Yeah, I just yeah, I do not agree with that at all. Obviously. Uh, by the way, you can't have two Super Bowls in one year, even if you wanted to go down that hor- horrific logic hole. And, uh, yeah, that's not the, uh, that's not accurate. As dumb as the Super Bowl thing is, Arkansas has no room to talk because last year when Auburn went to Arkansas and lost, Arkansas fans stormed the court and Eric Musselman ripped his shirt off in the middle of that crowd. So you want to say you want to call you want to pull the Super Bowl thing. That, that doesn't make much sense and, to me. And one other thing, as we just continue to tell you how, how absurd this is, is that uh, Auburn is the better seed in this matchup. They are literally the seven seed, and Arkansas is the ten seed. Yeah, we also beat them, of course, this year. But Even you know, your even uh, your dog, Steve, is not happy about that. No, he's not. He's, he heard it, and he said he's fed up with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that, Steve being fed up, guys, uh, I, I just continue to be amazed. You know, in my – profession guys if i had been uh even alleged uh doing something unethical or even possibly illegal uh, not only would i have been terminated from my job uh, i'd have a difficult time trying to convince the future employer to hire me but yet apparently in the sports world those things don't matter i've just read this morning that will wade is a potential candidate for who mcnee state mcnee yeah. state all right wow so i guess it really is inconsequential to them that there's an actual audio recording of this prospected coach um, doing a pay-for-play. Well, you know, and again, paying players is legal now. NIL has changed that whole thing. There's a, it's yeah, it's a different world, you know, and it wasn't at that time. Yeah, but so again, we we are all of the opinion on this show that college players have been getting paid under the table for a long time. Will Wade just got caught. Yeah, well, it was so blatant. That's what I mean. Well, it's blatant in a lot of places. And the NCAA apparently is pursuing uh, these uh, allegations. They sent a letter uh, to LSU. Am I not right? You did. They they did send a notice of allegations, yes. Okay. So you're going to go ahead and, gee, we don't care about that. Uh, We think we're going to go ahead and uh, do our due diligence and hire you anyway. All right. I'm going to well, say, uh, uh, I- Iona hired Rick Patino very shortly after he got fired from Louisville. Well, thanks for reminding me of that. that <laughs> yeah. He's still there, too. Yeah, okay. So, uh, I guess some professions just have a lot uh, lower ethical bars than, than my profession did. So, anyway, uh, moving on, guys, about tonight's game. What do the betters know that an Auburn fan uh, should be aware of? Because that line, like you said, Ryan, went from all being favored to now a three-and-a-half point underdog. Yeah, it's it's not uncommon to see it move by a point or two, but to see it move by four-and-a-half points, essentially. Uh, That's in, a lot of money. Yeah, in such a close uh, matchup uh, is interesting. Look, there's always been a lot of hype around this version of this Arkansas team. They have still not delivered. So th- this is a very tough game to call. I agree that on paper, you know, Arkansas probably should have turned out better than Auburn this year, but they haven't. They're right there with Auburn. And so uh, I'm a little surprised to see it so overwhelmingly in favor of Arkansas. I just think this is a very tough game to predict, and it seems like there's a lot of confidence in Arkansas's favor. But 
Uh, I, I think this will be a very close game, and, and like you said, I'm a, a little surprised that that has moved this demonstra- demonstratively. Well, and you know, to be fair, uh, you know, I know we beat them without Nick Smith playing. However, I also saw that after his return, they haven't really. He hasn't made that much of an impact because they've lost three uh, games in a row. Exactly. I mean, you know, he's playing all right. I think he's averaging double figures, but he's not changed their equation a whole lot. And, and look, I know it's going to be tough to, to to beat Alabama no matter where you play them. They, they played Alabama very close in Tuscaloosa, but then they had an opportunity to, to beat Kentucky in Fayetteville, and Kentucky really kind of controlled that game on them in, in the second half. So, uh, the, you know, Kentucky, although they also have a lot of talent, Kentucky's clearly not had a Kentucky-like season. So that's the type of game that, as a home team, you you expect to have a great opportunity to win. So Arkansas, it's still just been uh, a lot more talk than results. Now, again, it can change just like that. I mean, this is the time of year to do it. But so far, they have not produced based off of what their hype was supposed to be. So you guys, uh, give me your, your take. You know, do you see this being – uh, a real nail-biter down to the last possession, or do you see either team uh, having a blowout? I don't think this game's going to be decided by more than five points. I, I'm I'm of the opinion that Nick Smith has made a, a pretty big difference in this Arkansas team. Yes, they have lost a bunch of games, but they're also averaging like 80 points per game since he's come back. They're shooting about 10% better from three-point range, and most of that is him. Uh, they're, they're, they're a better team with him on the floor. Now, I I, Auburn can definitely win. I'm. I, I don't understand why all the money is going to Arkansas, but I, uh, you know, I, I I don't see this game being any further than five points. You know, it's. I think it's going to be a very close game. And then, of course, if we do survive it, then of course we got to play it in. But then I look at, you know, the uh, as my son says, the sports guys must be loving Alabama uh, this season, not only in football but in basketball as well. But the easiest path that you could have possibly, you know, uh, designed is Alabama's path. Who do they got to play? Mississippi State. And then, what, Missouri? And then, if Tennessee survives Ole Miss, then that's going to be it in the final? Is that pretty much it? No, no. so Tennessee will play Missouri. If if Tennessee beats Ole Miss, uh, Tennessee okay. would play Missouri tomorrow. Alabama would play the winner of Missouri and Tennessee. Then Alabama would play whoever comes out of the bottom, whether that's Kentucky or A&M or Auburn or, or whoever. Um, so, so yeah, they start a little easier, but, that again, that's just seeding. You know, I mean, that's what the benefit of being the one, number one seed in the tournament is. Okay. Because uh, I don't remember it being that easy for us when we were uh, ranked as high, um, but maybe my recollection well, is bad. So when Auburn was the one seed a, a couple years ago in the uh, – I guess more than a couple, a handful of years ago in the SEC tournament – uh, they lost to Alabama as an, an Alabama was an eight seed, so they lost in that one eight matchup. So that was a it was a pretty big upset, but that's why Auburn did not go very far because they they played Alabama and Colin Sexton had a big game that day. Gotcha. Okay, so for this game to be uh, within Auburn's uh, a win probability, this would need to be a low scoring game. You know, I, 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 it's tough to tell because. Both teams average right around the same thing offensively, and they average a pretty similar mark defensively. So, I mean, they they don't strike me. You know, Auburn's a pretty good defensive team. Arkansas is a very physical team. 
Both teams have their certain pitfalls offensively that prohibit them from being truly great offensively, although, like Brant said, Arkansas is trending up on offense, but so is Auburn, by the way, obviously with the with the shooting element that Auburn's had the last eight or nine games. So I don't necessarily think there is one type of game that benefits one or the other. I think these are truly even teams. I think both teams would be capable – of winning around 65 to 60, and I both I think both teams can get into the upper 70s. The higher it goes, the more confused I would be. I would not anticipate an 80-something to 80-something game. But again, who that would favor, I don't know if there's inherently one over the other. Maybe you would lean Arkansas the higher it goes just because of their talent. But again, I mean, these teams have come out to very similar statistically and very similar with with very similar records. So I, I just think they're pretty even. They play uh, in the s- same usual point total. Yeah, you know, the point total right now is one forty three and a half. So about a seventy three to seventy type of game then. Right now, just real quickly, because uh, I love these bad beats. The Scott Van Pelt does. Well, I I saw a bad beat last night. The SEC. Did you happen to? Uh, see the final. Do you know what the final score was between Ole Miss? Oh, uh, I I know that they they obviously they won, but I know they got up maybe nine late, and then did it get close at the end? I I, I don't yeah. recall the last minute or two. Well, here's the bad B part. They won by six. If you had Ole Miss, you were not feeling too good because the line was Ole Miss six and a half. Yeah. So if you had Ole Miss, you lost by half a point. Mm. That is that is heartbreaking if you had money on that game. Yeah, not too good. Not not too good at all. All right. So, guys, did you happen to see finally Kirk Herbstreet's Cinderella pick for the NCAA tournament? No, I didn't know Kirk Herbstreet would do a Cinderella pick for the NCAA tournament. Me neither. I thought he was strictly football. Yeah. But I guess he knows it's no variety. Well, I was. Well, I just wanted to see your take on that because I think, who's this? St. Peter's. Oh, the Peacocks. They had a big run last year. They beat Kentucky. But they're not even the best team in their league, in their conference. They weren't last year either. But yet he picks them as a Cinderella team. So uh, there you go. That's why uh, maybe Kirk Herbstreit should just stick to football. <laughs> yeah. Hi, right, guys. Thank you for your time. Uh, my time, as always, is uh, always uh, in debt to you guys. So thank you for that. And uh, let's hope maybe. Uh, the betters uh, lose their shirts and their pants and underwear tonight. Well, Steve, with that, yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Steve. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I I was I was going to say goodbye to you. I was just okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time, guys. Uh, and uh, hope Miss Lee enjoys her birthday. 29 years old. I ought to be 29 again. All right, guys. War Eagle. And talk to you tomorrow. War Eagle, Steve. Enjoy the game tonight. That's retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. SUNY Lee again turning. Uh, 20, not 29 today, but um, appreciate Steve for calling in as always. Should be a good one tonight. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401, or toll-free, one 888 9 Next up on the show, Snake from Pulaski County. Snake has called us back. Snake, how are you doing? Fine. I called yesterday. I just wanted to call and clarify what's at stake today. Sure. Uh, sure. Tip-off. Auburn with a net of 32. That didn't seem to register yesterday, but it's a, it's a net of 32. Arkansas with a net of 18. They're in, regardless of what happens. But here's what's at stake for Auburn. If they lose tonight, 
the best they can hope for is a play-in game against Penn State. Snake, Snake, you called it Snake. Been... You called in yesterday with the same argument, and we told you why it was wrong yesterday. Don't. I've got a clarification now. Okay, continue. You haven't thought this through. You're not looking at the big picture. Okay. If Auburn loses uh, tonight, and if Vanderbilt wins the SEC tournament, Auburn's out. They'll be in New York City. So you haven't thought about the big picture. What if they get bumped? If Vanderbilt wins the tournament, someone's got to go. And it's going to be the 32, the net 32. They're out. That hasn't been thought through clearly or completely. But that's what could happen. So, but so why do win, you think, uh, you know, Snake, why do you think that because Vander, if Vanderbilt steals a bid, that that means Auburn needs to go to the NIT? It's because someone has to get bumped. But that's Auburn's uh, not the last Vandy team into the NCAA not tournament. In the NCAA, this would be. One sure. of those teams, and there will be two or three teams. Sure, they're a bid stealer, but Auburn's not in the last four in right now. They will be if they lose. That's what I'm saying. If they lose tonight, they will be. The best they'll have is a playing game. But anyway, I just want to make – I just check my sources on that, and I'm right, that if they're at net 32, they don't get in. Snake, under again, those circum- my – Here's why the net is not the end-all, be-all. Miami, who is bull, who is a top-20 team in the country and is going to be like a 5 or a 6 seed in the NCAA tournament, has a worse net than Auburn does. They are a 35 in the net ranking. Miami is going to be a 5 or a 6 seed because of other things on their resume. The net is not the only thing on a what resume. Huh? Is it teams that they've beaten? Yes. one teams? Yes, well, some of their quali- the quality wins. Auburn played a cupcake non-conference schedule, and this is what happened. Auburn still has anyway. a couple of wins against tournament teams, even the non-conference, such as Northwestern. Obviously, they did not have a strong non-conference schedule, but again, you look at any bracketologist, and Auburn is within the NCAA tournament by a good six to ten teams right now. They, they better be rooting that Vanderbilt gets beat. Let's put it that way. Because if they win the tournament, they're out. Now, back to my second point. We just mentioned a little bit about um, Miller yesterday, the situation there at Alabama, um, the prosecutor being a graduate from the University of Alabama and being an elected official from the good folks of that county, uh, is the, the question is, this case crawls, calls out for a special prosecutor. Special prosecutor. Is the Alabama Supreme Court going to step up and appoint a special prosecutor in this case? The only thing anyone wants is fairness. That's the only thing anyone is asking for, is fairness. Now, you were trying to tell me yesterday, well, they didn't have the intent. That's under the law that's called men's rage. Men's rage. They didn't have the quote, guilty mind. That's a decision for a grand jury. That's a decision for a jury. That's not a decision that the prosecutor made. Sure, the prosecutor has to file the charge. But, you know, fairness. 
Will the Alabama Supreme Court step up and appoint a special prosecutor? And when? Before the NCAA tournament or after? That's the question. Third point I made was about Walker White, the Little Rock Christian commit. One thing to point out here is that he committed verbally before Dan Enos became OC at Arkansas. On his first day on the job, Enos was in Walker uh, White's home. Walker White's dad played golf for the Razorback. His brother, John David, played football for the Razorback. His brother, Zach, played baseball for the Razorbacks. His two cousins played wide receiver for the Razorbacks. He's flipping. Now, All right, let me know when that last, happens, Nick. I'll, I'll give you full credit when that happens. Last thing, last question is, when will Ole Miss announce Chris Beard as coach? Will it be during the tournament or after? Now, yeah. Texas Tech is already trying to make room for him. Of course, they want him back. But my understanding is Beard wants to coach in the SEC. When do you think this announcement from Ole Miss will happen? Probably very shortly, if they do vet and feel comfortable with him, probably very shortly after they're eliminated from the SEC tournament. Is that Why what, wouldn't they that, feel comfortable? All all the charges against him, all the domestic charges have been dismissed, and he and his um, lady friend are back together again. Well, they they said they were going to do their due diligence and look into the report and make sure that there was nothing else there. So that's just them uh, doing background checks and, and that sort of thing. But again, uh, I, I I don't I think it's still moving in that direction. So I, I think it was probably it's going to happen, but it's going to take a few more days probably. Right, I think you'll be a good hire for Ole Miss. They they haven't been, been relevant in some time, um, and so it's just going to really make the conference that's much more competitive. You know, Chris Beard coached here in Little Rock when he went uh, thirty and five. UA Little Rock, and then he, you know, that's that's when he moved on to Texas Tech. But he's a winner. He's going to win wherever he is. Yeah, he he has done a, right, a good job on the basketball court. That's for sure. Yes, that's all I had. Let's see how this bracketology comes out. I think you'll find out that my sources are right. Now, of course, if Auburn wins, it's all moot. But we've got our three five starters ready to play tonight. We will we will Great. see how it goes. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Absolutely. That is Snake from Pulaski County joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate the phone call there. Let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341. Locally toll free, one triple eight nine. Tiger Nine, probably one more one more phone call before our hour break. Next up. Luke from Alex City. Luke joins us. Luke, how are you doing? Hey guys, how are y'all today? Doing well. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, um, boy, he loves him from Arkansas, doesn't he? Um, but last year, Auburn was the number one seed in the SEC tournament, too. You you mentioned uh, a few years ago they were number one seed. Weren't they the number one seed last year? They were, yes. yeah, and lost to that Texas A&M team that yep, went on a another run. 8-9 matchup, yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, they've been the number one a couple times. It's kind of funny. Bruce Pearl's record in the SEC tournament, he's either – you know, takes a, an underdog team to the to the finals or semifinals, or or wins it, or he, um, you know, like he did in nineteen, or he gets out in the first round. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, he's um, been, he's been very boom thing, and bust in the NC, in the SEC tournament. Yeah. The other thing, um, 
you know, Steve has really been on a high horse about Chris Beard and about Will Wade. And, look, I don't think anybody really likes Will Wade. Um, but, I mean, frankly, does anybody in the SEC have room to point fingers at this point? I mean, you've got um, – sorry about the rain. But, uh, you know, Auburn did hire Hugh Freeze and, and Bruce Pearl, and I know that they, you know, they've made their penance or whatever. But Chris Beard, all his charges were dismissed, I believe. And so I, I think you've got to take that in face value. I mean, I'm not – Again, if he had been convicted, if he had been arrested and convicted, I think that uh, it would be one thing. But uh, the charges were dismissed, and I think you have to take that in face value. I'm going to say, at, at, this point, at this point for Ole Miss, it's about what the optics of it, if you want to, you know, the, because it's been so recently, it's just about the, the optics. It, 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 like you said, the char- it seems the charges have been dropped and everything's fine now. Yeah, and again, I, I get that with the optics, but I think, I think we're all past optics. I mean, like you said, um, Patino's been hired at Iona. Yep. And do you think Iona would, would change that? Would Auburn change hiring Bruce Pearl or Hugh Freeze? I don't think so. I mean, I think that everybody's pretty cool with it. And everybody makes excuses for why at their school, it's not, you know, their coach, it isn't a big deal. Um, and look, we don't, we don't know all the circumstances with the Chris Beard situation. And I am certainly uh, – all for firing somebody if domestic abuse is involved. I don't blame Texas one iota for what they did. At the same time, if the, if everything is dismissed and there's nobody to press charges, um, I mean, is this guy never supposed to work again? Uh, I, I just it's it's a tough call, and I understand where Ole Miss is coming from too. And, and the SEC is a win at all cost league, and um, it looks like that's what they may want to do, and, and they're not the only school. I mean, uh, Texas A&M hired Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of places do questionable things, I mean, including Alabama, including Auburn, including all of them. And finally, Snake was talking about the Brandon Miller situation and fairness. If he's interested in fairness, you ought to read the latest ESPN article, which is a fantastic summary of everything that went on that night. And it's really hard to read that and come away thinking, okay, Brandon Miller needed to be arrested or even suspended, if you ask me. Um, I thought it was a great summation. Uh, it talked talked about everything that happened that night. It talked about, you know, Jamia Harris as a person and who else was involved and, and what actually went down based on video evidence that, that this writer got to see. Um, and as a lot of people know, there was a dash cam on Brandon Miller's car that captured a lot of this, and the police have said that that corroborates uh, with what Brandon Miller was saying. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the right people are, are in jail and uh, facing trial, and uh, I think that this is something that's just a, a tragic situation, and there was no winner in this thing. So if he's interested in fairness, he ought to read that, and I think it might change his tune a little bit. But... Regardless, I just wanted to throw out that about Chris Beard mainly because, again, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a Chris Beard fan. I just think that, uh, you know, people in the SEC can get really hypocritical about this stuff when we all have enough skeletons in our closet. Sure, yeah. No, there's uh, there's very, hard, very few places to look that have not ever done something questionable or made a questionable hire or, you know, obviously we, we talked a little bit earlier too about the, the – Will Wade stuff and and 
look, you know, what he did then is mostly legal now. And uh, back then you would, and I say back then as if it was a long time ago, it was a couple of years ago, uh, but you, you could not really, you know, obviously there's still ways you can go about it in the quote wrong way now, not NIL related, but uh, a lot of players and a lot of teams uh, we're not we're not uh, we don't have the wool over our eyes a lot of places have had uh, a lot of people paid under the table and that sort of thing uh, for a long time so you know that that kind of stuff although I agree that I, I don't like will Wade very much uh, either you know that sort of stuff is now much more acceptable just a few years later right and here's the other thing you know again I don't like will Wade I don't really have an opinion on Chris beard. But I don't like Will Wade. Just I don't like the way he coaches. He's too angry. Um, but Will Wade did pay a price. I mean, he was fired, and he hasn't worked in a year. So, again, I, I don't want him in the SEC again uh, because I just don't like him as a personality. But I'm all for his getting another job if he can. Um, I, I just feel like, again, the, the he hasn't even uh, – the NCAA hasn't come down on him yet, hasn't even given him a show cause. That may be coming. And if a school hires him, they will have to deal with that show cause, just like Auburn had to deal with the show cause with Bruce Pearl. It, you know, if you, if you want a coach bad enough, and if you think he's good enough, you're willing to put up with some sacrifice. And, um, again, I just – I don't understand why it's so unethical for Ole Miss to hire a coach who, who did pay a price what allegedly went down, um, but at the same time, there's, he's, he's not arrested for it. it his, his significant other uh, dropped the charges, and if she dropped the charges, there's, there's nobody to make charges against. So um, I, I think that he, he certainly can deserve another shot at coaching. And uh, it looks like he, he will get it, and uh, that, that situation just was very quick with the, with the standpoint of uh, Texas dropped him so quickly and then uh, obviously, the charges were dropped later, and uh, that's also why sometimes things have to play out before people make the the decisions because uh, there's investigations for a reason. It's not immediately clear everything that went on, and uh, look, there are still going to be people that that uh, are are going to be wanting him to sit for a while before he gets another job. But I think he is going to end up getting this Ole Miss job, and and it's going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, and just think about this. I mean, I mean, this is the guy who played for a national championship with Texas Tech. And um, think about how good the SEC is going to be. I mean, it's it's just fantastic all the way around. I mean, honestly, if he keeps his nose clean, I think this is a, a great move for the league. It just makes the SEC even that much more powerful. Um, and, and you again, Ole Miss could be getting a heck of a coach at probably a bargain money-wise – because some schools may deem him untouchable. Sure. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, let, let's be real here. You know, he is not going to end up missing a full year of college coaching, and he's Ole Miss is going to get someone that was good enough to have Texas as, as a top-10 team in the country. That's a pretty big get for a program that has not been anywhere near top-10 in the country in, I don't know, the year, I mean, ever? I mean, a long time at, at least. And one other thing that just dawned on me, uh, you were talking earlier about the birthdays and Chris Jackson or Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. And um, 
he was uh he sort of my age uh plus or minus we he was at LSU when I was at Alabama and um man he was unbelievable but he also had Tourette's if memory served and so every now and again he you know when if the play was dead he might be near a referee and he would say something under his breath uh that you know some people may find offensive and Several officials used to talk about how they wanted to tee him up until, you know, they they had it explained to him that no, this is a, you know, a, a condition he had. He he can't help it. Um, but he was one of the that that era of SEC basketball. They had uh, I think Georgia had Lateral Green. Uh, Ole Miss had Gerald Glass, if I remember right. Gerald Glass and uh, Chris Jackson played in a game at Ole Miss where Gerald Glass had over 50 points and I think Chris Jackson had over 40. Um, it, it was just unbelievable. Those two guys um, went head-to-head so often. It, it was so much fun. It was, it was a great time of SEC basketball, and I, I think we're getting close to getting back there. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, yeah, I, I think that with the various programs that are good right now, uh, some of which not even historically uh, as good as uh, obviously something like Kentucky, but even Florida being down right now too, there's still a lot of potential for other programs to rise. And then you mentioned in – uh, Chris Beard, if he does go to Ole Miss here, you know Ole Miss could get to places that they've not been. So on top of the the teams on top right now, there's still a lot of room to grow from some of the others. Luke, we appreciate the phone call today. We got to get to our hour break, but we do appreciate you calling in today. Have a good day, guys. You too. That is Luke from Alex City joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Out of time for hour number one. That was a full first hour. When we come up, come back in hour number two, Sports Calls Player of the of the Week will be revealed. We'll also talk more about some of these brackets and these various conference tournaments. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call. show is in the books we've got more to come stay tuned for another hour of sports call right after the break since 1995 alabama's sports talk leader tiger communications proudly presents sports call it's time to join our sports call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Thursday. Thursday of Conference Tournament Week, a very busy one ahead. A final preview of Auburn and Arkansas and a breakdown of some of these brackets in the big conferences, what we think is going to happen throughout 
this week if there's going to be any bid stealers, uh, if there's going to be any chaos. There's always going to be some sort of chaos, but if it's uh, the all almighty chaos of someone that's like a 10 seed winning a, a conference tournament or something like that. So we'll talk a little bit about all these conference tournaments in just a little bit. And Brooks Childers has been doing great work getting us uh, big brackets so that we can uh, have the words in front of us and we Thank don't you, have Brooks. to scramble to figure out what's already happened in some of these deals. Thank the trees. Thank the trees. We, of, we oh, did oh. kill at least one for this. <laughs> so uh, uh, appreciative of doing that work. Each of us uh, have like six six sheets of paper here. Had a nice run of calls there in hour number one. Retired Ward AM Steve, Snake from Pulaski County, and Luke from Alex City there. I uh, want to go back just briefly to the Snake phone call. Again, Auburn, Arkansas playing tonight. Snake, our friend from, from Arkansas that calls in whenever the Razorbacks are playing Auburn in basketball or football usually. Uh, Sometimes we'll get them for baseball. Depends on how they're Maybe doing. so. Uh, still adamant that Auburn is not making the tournament if they lose and then if Vandy wins the SEC tournament. I, I just – I, I, he is very, very convinced on the net rankings that that is like the Bible of how they're going to seed these teams. I, I also want to relay this point that, okay, reminder, 68 NCAA tournament teams, 32 automatic qualifiers, some of which will be teams that are still ahead of Auburn and the net and, and ranked and all that. So even if all 32 – Automatic qualifiers, and I know this is math for everyone, but hang in with me. Even if all 32 automatic qualifiers were below Auburn in the net, of which there's, what, 33 right now, there are still 36 remaining slots for at-large. So if you if you believe that the net was gospel, 1 through 36 would be in the NCAA tournament. Now, obviously, that is not how they're going to seed the teams, even though we've talked a lot about net. We've talked about what goes in the net, the value in close losses versus blowout losses. We've talked about all angles of it. But the net is still just a part of the equation. I could have also used this. Arkansas is 18-19 in the net. They're not going to be a 4 or 5 seed. Okay, They're going to be around the 8-9 equation. So, Again, the net ranking is just a part of the process. It is not the end-all, be-all on where these teams will be seated. And uh, we, again, enjoy all perspectives, but uh, I just don't see how uh, Auburn is in any danger now that they did get the Tennessee victory. You know, is it unfathomable for them to be in the first four? Okay, you know, maybe. Maybe if enough bids are stolen, I can see that happening. But the general consensus is that Auburn's around a nine seed. And for them to even be in the first four, they'd have to drop six to eight spots between now and Selection Sunday. So, again, the odds are very much in Auburn's favor. It was not like this was some season where Auburn never worried about it. We worried about it almost all year long once conference play got going. But ultimately, Auburn is in a very good place even losing the Arkansas. By the way, a lost Arkansas. Some someone at it I, I saw on social media like this when it was Arkansas. Yeah, this is a tougher game for Auburn, but okay. A loss to number 19, the net's not going to really kill your net. So yep. even if Auburn did lose, their net's not going to drop off the face of the earth. So, uh, again, th- that part of it, want to hammer home there, and I, I think you guys safely agree there, Auburn not in the 
proverbial danger that that Snake believed that they are if they lose. I don't know, Ryan. I uh, I, I know what Joe Nilardi. Excuse me, Joe. Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi <laughs> has said, "Goodness, I'm trying to dunk on Snake, and I flub myself. That's embarrassing." The, I, I, yeah. I understand what all of these people who get paid year after year to make brackets say, but Snake says that if Vanderbilt wins the SEC tournament, Auburn's out. So I'm pretty nervous. No, I had Auburn's in, um, regardless of what happens tonight. But obviously, you still want to win the game. Um, sure. I think if you're Auburn, just, it's goodness. Just hey, man. People get paid to make these. People make a living doing this every year, and they all say Auburn's in. So, think, they, and they're right ninety nine times out of hundred. I think if you're Auburn, you're Auburn fans. You want to win this game to feel a little bit better going into the tournament. But you know, at, at this point, it, it feels like. And you, you know, with with at large bids, I'll I'll give I'll give you this. You never fully know until you get to Selection Sunday and you hear your name called. You're you're pretty much convinced. That you're, you know, you're going to be there, but you never truly, truly know until that your name is called out if you're an at-large bid. But, uh, you know, at, after the the Tennessee win, that that kind of felt like the the that was, that was the it. signature that was win it. that you needed. That was you're in solidly. You're, you know, probably you know going to be somewhere around that t- eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there, and you know, here, this is, and it, it and also depends. I'll tell you what, something else that goes against it, there are some years, and it happens with the, the college football playoff committee too, and there's some years where the college basketball committee puts a lot more emphasis on what you do in the conference tournament than, and than other times of year. There's sometimes, it, it, there's, so, there's different years, it feels like there's different criteria. Some years it's like, oh, well, you only won one game in your conference tournament. We're going to put you in, but you're going to put a low seed. And then some years it's like, oh, you only won one game in your conference tournament, but look what you did in the regular season. You're, you're a three yeah. seed. You're a four seed. It, it, there's, there's so much different criteria. There's so many spots. Uh, Auburn feels like they're safely in to the, uh, to the NCAA tournament. As Ryan, you said, is it fathomable Auburn has to play in a, in a play-in game on a Tuesday or Wednesday of next week? There's the potential out there. It's a minute potential, but it's out there. But, you know, that, a loss to Arkansas tonight is not going to sink the ship. Uh, I'm going to uh, have a potentially um, uh, agonizing exercise here where, oh. I, where uh, I go through it. go through a few bid-stealing opportunities that have already not happened because, look, for the bubble to truly move the way it's going to need to move to knock Auburn down to, to the first four, You've got to have bid stealers. That that premise is what Snake was alluding to with the Vanderbilt winning the tournament would be a bid stealer. It was taken too far because that's not going to just not Auburn's not like the team that's hanging on a thread right now. That yeah. that is not Auburn. Uh, but that you know, that's something like Wisconsin or Utah State or something like that. But if you had a collection of bid stealers, okay, you keep moving the bubble by one, moving the bubble by one. Okay, so let's go through some of these conferences that that would be a true bid stealing possibility, okay? Because one of them already happened, okay? That's the West Coast Conference. That was a Gonzaga and St. Mary's final. Both those teams are well within the NCAA tournament, okay? And Gonzaga ended up stomping St. Mary's. That was a bid stealing opportunity from the standpoint of those. There's really only true two true tournament teams. If anyone else had won that, say San Francisco or BYU or whoever, okay, they they would have stolen a bit. That did not happen in WCC. By the way, Gonzaga has 
quietly been very good as of late, even against teams like St. Mary's. I mean, they beat them by, by 26 points in the conference championship game. So Gonzaga is playing their best basketball at the end of the season. But so, okay, no bid stealing there out of the WCC. When you go through these bigger tournaments, okay, and he was referencing Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. So let's look at what's remaining in the SEC tournament. Okay, Alabama, Missouri, A&M, Kentucky are all in the NCAA tournament. I believe Auburn's in the NCAA tournament. You guys believe that as well. Tennessee's in the NCAA tournament, and I believe Arkansas's in the NCAA tournament. Mississippi State's on the bubble. They got a very important win today uh, to solidify their spot. Maybe the first four team. That That's a bubble team, though. Mississippi State's someone that's sweating a little more than Auburn is. Auburn beat Mississippi State, and that's part of the reason there. Uh, Vanderbilt, though, would be a bid stealer. So provided that Ole Miss does not win this game, which it does not look like they are headed to do now, Vanderbilt's the only team left in the SEC tournament that would be a true bid stealer there, okay? I'm not going to do this for all these conference tournaments, but so far, another opportunity could have been 30-3 and College of Charleston. If they had lost the Colonial, maybe 30-4 and Charleston makes the NCAA tournament still. Well, they won the Colonial, so no two bids there. Uh, you look at... Um, again, this would have been a, a little bit of a long shot, but or if Oral Roberts at 29-4 and four had lost, okay, could have been a bid sealer. They might have still been in. Maybe they wouldn't have been because they're Oral Roberts. They won the conference tournament. Don't have to worry about that. So, so far, there's re- you're really not seeing any bid stealers. Uh, if major upsets happen, these conference bigger conference tournaments, sure they could happen, but the issue there is, there's five or six tournament teams in all these tournaments. So, again, we're about to get the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament, and if Vandy loses tonight, there'd be no <gasps> bid stealers left. So uh, that that is the reality is that there are already a few opportunities gone by the wayside if you're wanting chaos and wanting bid stealers. That can still happen. There could be a couple of them, but for Auburn to be in any danger, you would have needed five, six, seven of those, and that's not coming to fruition so far. Yeah, and to speak on one other thing that Snake mentioned, he was talking about the quarterback commit Walker White uh, and the the pursuits of Dan Enos, uh, the new OC at at, uh, Arkansas. Dan Enos made his pitch to Walker White before he ever committed to Auburn. He he started recruiting Walker White, and then Arkansas was not in White's top three on the day he committed. So that, that pitch has already been made, and he recruited to Auburn anyway. Obviously, a lot can happen between now and signing day, but I'm not particularly worried about that. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401, locally or toll-free, one tiger 9 Next up on the show today, Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joins us. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing good, and you guys? Doing well. You know, I was looking at my little TV last night. I think the Georgia Bulldogs were playing last night, and I was watching them, and flipping back and forth, trying to catch some of the ACC action and a few other uh, games that were on. And, and at the bottom of the TV, that thing was scrolling down there. It said that Ole Miss was going to hire that uh, former coach from Texas that um, got that little altercation with his wife or girlfriend or whatever it was. Uh, you know, we know he got arrested back in December for assault and battery. And then, you know, they had the little trial or whatever they had. And, and she turned around and recanted and said, well, he didn't choke me like I said he did. Uh, 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 I hit him. I slapped him and punched him in his eye. I provoked him. And, and he had to defend himself. That's a bunch of hogwash. That, that guy is 100% guilty, but they did that because of all that cheese is on the line. You know, you got to have that cheese. But I'm disappointed that Ole Miss would go in that direction. When you're talking about having somebody in a leadership position that are mentoring young men and trying to lead them and, 
you know, those young guys would be going to bars and drinking and getting in scuffles and probably punch a girl in the eye. And how can you tell them anything if you're doing the same thing, gentlemen? Look, none of us here are lawyers. None of us know what happened. I don't know if Chris Beard is guilty. I certainly think he is. But the fact is the charges were dropped, and if Ole Miss wants to go ahead and take that risk, that is their prerogative. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm not saying it's what I would do. I'm not saying it's something I approve of. I'm just saying that that is the situation, and I, I'm I'm going to drop it at that. I, I have nothing more to say about Chris Beard than what I've said so far. Well, you know, I, I tell you, I'm disappointed. I thought they could have went in another direction than to do that, to take a chance on something like that. Uh, nine out of ten, uh, if you hit a woman one time, you'll do it again. That's something I'm not in favor of doing. That's something I've never done and have no intentions of uh, getting crossed up like that, doing something that crazy. Uh, that just ain't aimed with me. And I hope it's not <laughs> these, some of these youngsters that are growing up uh, that are watching these games and listen to these shows or, or whatnot and see the newspaper and see they hiring a guy like that. I ho- hope they don't think that's okay to do that, but they have it right, like you said, and I know I'm not an attorney, and now we're not in the court of law and this and all that good stuff. But I tell you one thing, uh, we'll see how this thing goes once they get down to Ole Miss. Uh, if Jody comes back and want to go on a date or whatnot, uh, out to dinner, get some wine and drinks, and uh, we'll see if uh, act up like that again. And then when he does, I guess it'll bite them in the butt and it's going to make the whole conference look bad and make every good, decent man that wouldn't do anything like that look bad. But uh, time will tell. But that just goes to show you how some people can resurface after wrong that kind of wrongdoing just because somebody want to win that bad. But that's what be what it be. So I'll talk to you guys later. I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll holler at you later. Sounds good, Anthony. Appreciate the phone call as always. That is Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Auburn phone line. Obviously, the Chris Beard uh, discussion is uh, is rampant right now in the SEC. Again, you, you, you get into the lines of, uh, look, there there's so many, and we've been discussing this a lot on this show the last few weeks. There's been a lot of off the court, off the off the floor stuff. I mean, there has been stuff with Brandon Miller. There's been stuff with Chris Beer. There's been stuff with Mark Adams, who stepped down officially last night at Texas Tech. Uh, there are a lot of levels to misconduct outside of and even in some in some aspects with your own team, uh, and it's it's very unfortunate uh, because would love to be spending all time on on just judging college basketball teams right now. We've spent a lot of time doing it, uh, and, and would love to be dealing with with searches and, and people that have not made mistakes. But unfortunately, the reality is is that. Uh, some people are making some pretty big mistakes and we're having to be the judge of when's the right time to forgive that mistake or if that mistake should be forgiven. And again, it just sucks because it takes away from, from what's going on, which is one of the most wonderful times in the sports calendar. I know that, that people still prefer football to basketball around here. Uh, and uh, a lot of people prefer the NFL to any other pro sport. So the, anything football related is usually the, the, the cream of the crop. But I personally love this time of year uh, because of conference tournament season, because of the NCAA tournament. It brings a lot of people to the sport that don't always watch it with March Madness and all that. And it, to quite be quite frank, it, it sucks how many people are making these bad decisions that are causing these long conversations about their validity to when they deserve to be back and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, as always, we welcome any and all opinions on the matters, but uh, at some point I hope that, that some of this stuff will start to die down a little bit and we can get to uh, these these other this other stuff because, again, I know we've got a hit on some of this and I know that, that it's relevant, but at the same time, uh, 
I'm not trying to be judges of characters that that make a publicly poor decision and then have their their lives judged from me who doesn't know them the rest of their time. It, it's not for me to say in a lot of these instances. And repeated behaviors are one thing. That's something that a lot more people can can understand and digest that that is bad and that is there's no nothing learned there. But everyone makes a mistake and everyone has levels to their mistakes. And again, I'm not going to be the one to judge which level is a cutoff point, which level is is something that you've got to take years and years to forgive. I don't know all that. Uh, and so hopefully uh, people will just decide, even though I know it's not true, but my wish is that people will decide to be a little better at the end of the day and not have these these all these big mistakes that play out in the public uh, and all these allegations, and then all, and then therefore all these hiring processes that that get questioned, and then uh, is that enough enough time to forgive all that? Uh, my hope is that some of that stuff just starts to starts to die down a little bit, and and less mistakes are made in the future. But again, we're human, and we're bound to make them at some point. Let's go to our first timeout here of hour number two. When we come back, we will reveal sports calls player of the week. Stay tuned. More sports call after the break. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress hanging out here on this Thursday, about an hour and a half before Auburn and Arkansas. Again, you can listen to that game, as always, over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. That broadcast will start about 5.30. We will go off air right after that so that you can focus in on uh, the pregame coverage there and everyone get to where they need to go before uh, Auburn tips off a big SEC tournament battle tonight. As always, we've got to do Sports Calls Player of the Week. Also, as always, since I've taken over, I have waited an egregious amount of time throughout this week, which is probably too much time, but it's always better late than never. Time to reveal this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. Is Sports Call's Player of the Week, where it played a big part in the Tigers going 4-0 this week, including a weekend sweep over the Lipscomb Bisons. Where had six hits and 15 at-bats over the week, including five for extra bases and three homers. He drove in eight RBIs in the four games, including a three-run homer on Sunday to take the lead in the eighth inning. Where raised his batting average to 513 on the season, good for second on the team. Bryson Ware is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Bryson Ware this week, Sports Call Player of the Week, and guys, uh, he had a big week last week. Ike Irish has had a big week every week. Uh, well, really, Bryce Ware has too. He's hitting 500 as well. 
Uh, Tigers with a couple more midweek victories this week, but Bryson Ware staying hot for the Tigers, and uh, they, they've needed a lot of runs so far this year, but they're getting them. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, last week our player of the week was Ike Irish, and I think it was the same amount of games last week. He had it was uh, eight hits. More hits, but less, less RBIs. RBIs. Yeah. This week, same amount of games. Six, what is it? Six hits, eight RBIs on the week for Bryson Weir. I think that's right. Uh, and a big Sunday. And uh, very clutch. Yeah, big big Sunday late inning, uh, three run home run to give the Tigers the lead. Four to three uh, ended up getting the win over uh, uh, Lipscomb on Saturday on Sunday. And then you know uh, I was at that game Sunday. Ryan, me, and you went to the the Tuesday night game against UAB. Already started his campaign for a, yep. a player of the week again because he hit a home run on that game too, and had a big game the other uh, on Tuesday night. And then you know, like we said, Ike Irish then had a big game last night. So those two guys are really powering the middle of that Auburn baseball lineup. And you, you've had to do it because there's been some struggles in the pitching staff we've seen it the past few years. And I think that's been one of the issues for Auburn baseball uh, for for a few you know few years now is. Uh, they get good pitching. They've got good pitching on that staff, but the injuries just start to catch up to them, and sometimes it hits them a little early. And right now you've got Alsup, uh, Chase Alsup, who's working his way back into uh, pitching form. You've got uh, uh, Gonzo, Joseph Gonzalez, who's still trying to work his way back in after uh, a tough offseason. And he, he was, you know, able to go on the on the first op- or on the opening weekend and then hasn't been able to go since. Hopefully you get to see him back. And so you've been trying to – you know, patchwork that starting rotation. Tommy Vale had a wonderful performance on Tuesday night. Connor Copeland had a good showing last night. Um, but the, the batting orders had to step up, and uh, Ike Irish did it last week. He started to do it again this week. Bryson Ware, or two weeks ago, Ike Irish did it last week. Bryson Ware really stepped up and uh, had a big weekend, when especially uh, had a big week with Bobby Pierce being out. Bobby Pierce was out last week, didn't make his return until Tuesday night, got some at-bats on Tuesday night's game against uh, UAB. But big week, uh, already on track to start having a big week. Hopefully we get all three games in this weekend uh, and we get to see more Bobby Ware, uh, Bobby Ware bombs this weekend. Absolutely, and appreciate our intern Andrew for recording that one for us. He's been working with us this spring and will continue to do so so appreciate andrew for recording that uh you know i i think to myself in a week like this it can be very tempting to think man auburn's just really not playing anyone in baseball that really turns an eyebrow i i went into this spiel the other day about how when you play in the sec in these batted ball sports sec plays just a brute and it's very exciting even if your team is not in the very top it's very exciting because you've always got these top 25 matchups and you've always got teams that have a great player or two that are going to end up playing in Major League Baseball. And if you take it like if you get into a three game series with Arkansas, you know, you got like if you get a three game series against Arkansas and then LSU and Vanderbilt back to back to back weekends, if you just take one game from all three of those, you've still got yourself in like an sure. SEC tournament uh, or not SEC tournament, NCAA tournament uh, spot. Yeah, you still gain some notoriety from it. And then you just have the, the wealth of great fan bases in the league for those sports because they, they do matter a lot to these schools. And so there's just so much on a weekly basis once you get in the SEC play. Uh, to, to look forward to. Now, this week is, is just before SEC play, and this week does not have the headliners. Okay, Southeastern Louisiana did make the NCAA tournament. They did come to the Auburn Regional, but they were a four seed. They're one of those teams that makes the tournament because they win their conference, not because they, they get in at large. 
UAB and Jacksonville State, with all due respect, you know I love the Blazers and everything they do. They're not a very good baseball program. They're no threat to make the tournament at large or nor win Conference USA right now. Jacksonville State has won. Uh, I guess it was the OVC at the time. They're not in the OVC anymore. Uh, or or no, that, no they're, well, they're, they're still in for another year or two. Then they'll be in Conference USA. Uh, but they themselves are not going to be an at-large team. I say all that to say this week not usually going to turn any heads. But the value still in winning these games, even against teams that you deem to be not worthy or not as good, not the same level, is still valuable because there, it, baseball is such a random sport. And we talk about how one-game results can be very finicky and surprising, and there's not a lot to make of just one game in the sport of baseball. You can pick out almost any midweek day throughout the year, and there's going to be some stuff that surprises you, stuff where teams lose games that just just shock you. Yeah. And, for example, on Tuesday, okay, Auburn plays a low-scoring game against UAB, but they win, okay, and they obviously won last night against Jacksonville State too. Here's some of the weird results just on Tuesday, March the 7th, okay? Some close games and some upsets. Number 19, NC State beat UNC Greensboro 15-13. to Okay, do you think they were loving giving up 13 runs to UNCG? Probably not. Number five, Wake Forest lost to Coastal Carolina 13-11. Not not great. Arkansas at home only beat Army 7-5. Okay, there was a couple of really big upsets, uh, such as number three, Tennessee, losing at home to Boston College in extra innings 7-6. Uh, remember when Tennessee only lost like two games, one game for the longest time last year? They've already lost a couple this year. Number two, Stanford lost at home to Santa Clara, 10-5. Number 16, UCLA barely beat Long Beach State, 7-6. Um, and even, uh, I think, 4-4 four to four to Atlantic, 4-1, to one, and they scored 18 runs. They gave up 11. So these midweek games, it's still baseball. It's still a random outcome sport. And so I say that to say is you got a five-game week this week, and if Auburn can win all five of these games, even though the competition's not on their, their, their level, that still is very uh, useful in terms of piling the wins for when you do get the SEC play and all of a sudden you might be like 4-7 and seven in the league. Well, you're still going to be way over 500 because what you're doing uh, in the non-conference. And then also, again, some of these teams, they actually do lose some of these games. So that can also help you uh, gain go up the rankings a little bit. Uh, and, and so... Big week for Auburn just in the amount of games, not in the competition, but so far so good with midweek wins against UAB and Jacksonville State. And again, for last week, Bryson Ware, our Sports Call Player of the Week. Need to take our next time out. More Sports Call coming up after this. Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 
Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brent Daughtry, Brooks Childress with you here. Final segment of hour number two. Let's start to break down some of these conference tournament brackets uh, and, and the impact of some of these teams. Uh, by proxy, the exercise I was engaging in a little bit earlier of who could be a bid stealer or who's on the bubble and needs a big run. And uh, and honestly, this conversation, too, cannot it cannot be avoided the topic of how much these actually matter to the bubble because it's kind of an ambiguous exercise. It is year to year. It is a, a opinionated on how it should go. I am, again, of the opinion that they should still play a role. These are neutral site contests at the, at the end of a season, and you don't want to wait them more just because it's at the end of the season, but I don't see how you're playing at the end of the season is less relevant than how you were three months ago. I, I think it all should matter, so... Uh, I still would like to see there be some sort of impact, but clearly there isn't much most of the time. So let's look at some of these other conference tournaments. Uh, no rhyme or reason to how we're going to go here. We looked at the SEC a lot. We'll finish with Auburn-Arkansas breakdown before we leave the show today. But let's just look at Big East. Big East had a dramatic game uh, earlier today between one-seeded Marquette and eight-seeded St. John's. That would have been a bid-stealing example if St. John's had been able to go all the way through. They did not. They lost in overtime. They had a three to win it. In the end, they didn't. Uh, the uh, The rest of the bracket looks like this. Five-seeded Providence versus four-seed Connecticut was earlier today. Uh, that game has been completed. Uh, Double-checking. I think UConn won that game uh, and trying to make sure they did. They did, 73-66. So the night cap will be number two seeded Xavier versus 10 seed DePaul and six seed Villanova versus three seed Creighton. That's kind of a um, shock value one there in that Villanova post Jay Wright already not uh, playing anywhere near what they did with Jay Wright. They're the six seed. That would be a bid stealing. Villanova's not going to make the NCAA tournament unless they win the Big East. So again, to recap, what well, Connecticut's making the tournament, I believe Providence will. Marquette certainly is. Xavier certainly is. Creighton is. So you still got Villanova and DePaul, who would be uh, shocking uh, bid-stealing components there. But again, big uphill battles. And with these big conferences, if you're these bid-stealers, it's not like the WCC or Conference USA or something where you only have to beat one tournament caliber team. If you're DePaul, you've got to beat like three of these. And so that's why it's much more difficult in these big conferences. But, Brand, anything – I know we don't watch as much Big East basketball, but you can also relate this to the NCAA tournament. Is there anybody that you think is just damn good that's going to have to be uh, – you're going to be interested to see where they are uh, come Sunday with the bracketology or just anything at all stand out to you about the Big East? Tell you what, Ryan, I am desperately searching, trying to come up with some kind of talking point, and I have nothing. <laughs> So the games will take place at night tonight. They, they will be played tonight. <laughs> They're at and MSG. Someone's gonna win. Uh, teams that are proud programs: UConn, big program; Villanova, <laughs> big program; Xavier is Xavier, a, big a program. solid program. That I will say, Xavier has a special place in my heart because Auburn beat Xavier with it in 2018 or 2019, I think, and that was the first time I was like, "Oh, Auburn just beat one of those big basketball programs." It was Xavier. So there you go. Brooks. Yeah. Cool. You don't escape either, if, even if you don't have an opinion here. All right. Do you have an opinion on anything going on in the Big East right now? I'll tell you what. 
um, the the fact he watches a lot more college basketball than I do. The, the Big East, because they've got that like exclusive deal with Fox Sports, um, and all of their games are on Fox Sports One or on the weekends. You get uh, big, you get put on Big Fox a lot. I watch a lot more Big East basketball than probably anybody should uh, in this part of the country. Um, but it the, it's always a good league, and I'll tell you what, Marquette. Is a team that was, and I think I said this a couple weeks ago, they were a quiet good team. No one really talked about them, but they hung around that top 10 all year long. And they, 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 were, they were a quiet good team. And what, they've got like four losses on the year or something like that. Um, and you, I know you, you mentioned a minute ago that the potential for a bid steal uh, was going on earlier. St. John's had ended up winning that game and then gone on to do more in the, in the, uh, NCAA or in the Big East tournament, they they lost that game in overtime. Providence was a good team all year. Connecticut, you know, you saw Connecticut was a really good team to start the year. They play, they beat Alabama early in the season, didn't they? Or they they lost Alabama. Yeah, they, no, they beat Alabama. They beat Alabama so. early in the season, and then they went and they played a true road game at um, at Florida. And I know Florida is not you know not the same Florida that we we've been used to seeing that have won national championships in the past, but still going on the road playing a true road game at Florida, tough place to play. Uh, and you got that win earlier in the year. Uh, Xavier is a team that's been really good. Villanova, uh, they're still a good team, but they've taken a step, kind of a one step back, two steps back since Jay Wright left them a year ago. Uh, they're they're still a good tournament quality team, but they're not a a team that you're going to see win a national championship uh, soon. Well, well, the thing is, is that they're actually they're not going to make the tournament unless they win this Big East. They're ah. only they're only seventeen and fifteen this year. They they've come on a little bit as a late. Um, I think what is interesting to me, I'm actually looking at this Creighton team. Yeah, Creighton early in the year when they were, I think they were in Maui. They were in one of the big big tournaments. Creighton was a team that was really turning a lot of heads. Yeah, and then they just had a patch at the end of non conference play, started Big East, where they just they fell off a cliff. They were, I, I know we don't really worry about bubble, you know a week in the January, but if there had been one, they would have been very much starting to be a bubble team. And then Creighton refigured it out. They got up to 2011. They're one of the, the last teams in the top 25. Creighton's somewhat going to be someone in that four, five, six seed range that would not shock me if they went on a big run in the NCAA tournament. Again, we got to see how all this shakes out on, yeah. on, on selection Sunday, but Creighton is someone I personally have seen a decent amount of them that I like. Also, I want to contrast something too. Uh, so Xavier playing tonight as yep. the two seed in the tournament. DePaul's the ten seed in this tournament. You know, you know what their overall record is this year. What is their overall record? Ten and twenty-two. Mm, I favor Xavier. Mm. Uh, and if DePaul were to keep going, that would be a shocker. So you know who I wish was really good, but they just haven't been. Uh, this could be 360 basketball teams. I do not they're, know. They're in the Big East. Uh, hang on. Butler? No. No. I like Butler usually. They're not very good this year. Uh, Georgetown? Yeah. I wish Georgetown was I mean, that's a huge program. That's were. terrible. The Hoyas. Right yeah. They had, what, three wins this year, I think? Three or four wins this year? Wow. It was atrocious. That's that's a long season. Yeah. That's, that's so, a long well, time to be playing basketball. So, three wins. <laughs> Seven, <laughs> not like okay. that's the off seven and twenty five. They were two and eighteen in the Big East. That's what I was thinking yes. about was their their conference record. That's just either way, uh, like fall, if, far fall for Georgetown basketball. If, you, if okay, no, yeah, I was going to say uh, 
their coach is um, Patrick Ewing. Patrick, if it, if Patrick Ewing wasn't their coach, I think he would he wouldn't have he it would have been Jim Beheim yesterday, and not you know it's like hey minutes after the game yeah. he's gone. I think he'll ultimately be gone, uh, and he I mean he's he's been bad. He's got to go. Honestly, there there's a certain standard. I, I know I need to move on to another conference tournament before we get a break, and nah, it may East. not happen. Big East it up. Um, there's still certain seasons that if you're a big enough program, you just can't tolerate. And, and that and that's true in college football, too. Like, I, I don't want to make this an, an inaccurate comparison, but for the Chiswick stuff, like, you just can't go 3-9 and nine at Auburn yep. in football. You just cannot do that. That No matter what you've done... It's going to be very hard to survive that. That is a fireable offense the minute you do that. To me, there's a couple of those in college basketball. You should. I don't care how many years Georgetown's been down. 7-25 and 25 feels like a fireable offense to me. What happened at Louisville this year? Four wins at Louisville? Rough. Not in football. In basketball, four wins? That's a fireable offense. I don't care that it was Kenny Payne's first year. You you can't win four games there. Uh, you, I wouldn't feel good about you winning four conference games there. Four total games? The teams they were losing to was absurd. And so you brought up the Georgetown point. That's a couple years of that. That's a couple years of being yeah. that bad. I, I need to... I need... And look, I know he's a Georgetown legend. I know he's one of the greatest basketball players and that's uh, why, in NBA history. I get all that. That's why he was not, well, I say uh, Jim Beheim, but Lane Kiffin. That's why he wasn't Lane Kiffin yesterday, is that he, he still technically has a job right now. Uh, this is Patrick Ewing's record. 15-15 and 15 his first year. Progress his second year, 19-14 NIT. 15-17, and 17, reg- regression. 13 and 13, round of 64 in the 2020 slash 2021 season. Last year, 6 and 25. They nice. did not win a Big East game. And this year, 7 and 25. They won two. He is 2 and 37 the last two years in the Big East. Like, I don't. That's bad. I wouldn't like that at DePaul. I just told you how bad DePaul is. That wouldn't be good for them either. And you know, you you look at the the you look at all the teams, and I know we you know we've been harping at Georgetown. Any of these any of these Big East teams on any given year is a team that you could look at and say they could be in the NCAA tournament. Not every single year, everybody's going to be that way, but you can vividly see You know, you can see in the past you know twenty years every one of these teams having an appearance in the in the NCAA tournament. I can remember seeing Seton Hall getting their yeah. name called. I oh, remember yeah. seeing DePaul getting their name called. What was it? The coach was it Kevin Willard? Was that his name? I think so. Bald guy? Yeah. They got they have the guy from St. Peter's now. Yeah. But it was like Kevin Willard or something like that. Yeah, they went to tournament several times. Butler was in a national title game a few years ago. Twice. Twice. Two years in a row. Oh um or no, twenty ten, twenty eleven with Brad Stevens. Yep. Ten was the Duke game where Hayward almost hit the half court shot. Eleven was the UConn game that was like forty something to thirty something. It was one of the it was one of the worst offensive basketball games that mattered in a very, very, very long time. Someone went on a five oh run and it was a timeout worthy. You just you needed <laughs> you needed to cool everything down. But like you look at you know, you go through the other power five team, the other power five conferences, there are some teams that you you know you read off, you're like, I don't remember the last time they were in a tournament. And everybody in this big East conference 
I can vividly remember hearing their name called on Selection Sunday saying, you're going to the NCAA tournament. That's a good conference. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, that's why they were able to stay together, even though really all their members don't play Division One football. I'm just double-checking here. Yeah, I don't think I mean, any of them do except for UConn. Yeah, well, UConn. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, some of these teams have football t- – or some of these schools have football teams that just don't compete in the FBS or in Division One. you know, like – Butler, I'm pretty sure it's football, but yeah. they're nowhere near FBS. So, anyway, Big East, that's why it held together because these are a lot of good basketball programs. This is what they do. This is what these schools do. And, uh, again, a couple of the more famous ones, like Georgetown, not good at all right now. I think a coaching change is going to be necessary there. Out of time for hour number two and hour number three, got to go through the other big conferences, the ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, Got a lot of them to go in a short period of time, so when we come back, we'll start to hit those up. You're listening to Thursday edition of Sports Call. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress with you here, coming to you live from our studios on South College Street. Of course, if you've missed any of the show so far today, you can check it out in the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you, if you ever miss Sports Call Live, if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Uh, to update you on Georgetown, as we went to break, Brooks informed me they just fired Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. Uh, I did not do that, I don't believe, uh, <laughs> but it is something that was necessary and uh, always hate when a legend like that doesn't work out, but I think the overall record spoke for itself, and it was time for Georgetown to head another direction. 334-887-3401 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. If you want to join us on the show today, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Jeff from Columbus. Jeff joins us. Jeff, how are you doing? Good afternoon, guys, or good evening. How are you? Doing very well. I, I had called in. And uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners are probably wondering if Sports Call's going to uh, have a bracket out. And, and Brooks informed me that they're getting it together and stuff. And while I was waiting, I heard the Sports Call update. or, or uh, And I go, what was it? It was from Indonesia. Two uh, referees or something were suspended or something. Yeah, they were. They I, I were... question. Go ahead. Uh, my thing is. Brooks. Yeah. Do you know that those names are correct? Did you pronounce those correctly? What in the world? 
I that, I am astonished. I called to give you praise. <laughs> I make <laughs> I I do the- I do my research and I I try to get names, uh, especially if if it's uh, you know if it's names that I'm not fully familiar with. I try to get them as close as I can, but I make no claims that any any names that I pronounce, even if it's John Smith on the air, is fully correct. <laughs> right, Patrick Ewing. It, you know the way it's spelled is a trouble for me, but. <laughs> For you to ramble those off, I just had to call in and compliment you on your skills. Well, thank you, so, sir. I, 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 all right. And, hey, y'all having a great show. I know you got to get on to the other tournaments and stuff. I will be listening, and I'll talk to you all later on. Sounds good, Jeff. We appreciate you calling in. That is Jeff from Columbus <laughs> joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Brooks does a great job with the sports report. He, he usually writes the script. If he does not, it is usually Brant. Uh, but the names that are put on there, uh, Ryan hates it when I put a any, hockey name on any, there. Any time we're talking about hockey or like European soccer, it's it's a crapshoot. And sometimes you get into stuff like uh, we'll we'll list off like equestrian recruits or gymnastics recruits that are not as heavily popular, uh, not as like heavily well known. known. Yeah, yeah, well known. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's it's rough sometimes. But Brooks. Brooks will always find a proper pronunciation if we if we're not one hundred percent sure. There was uh, there was a name that you read yesterday, and you asked me if it was what the what the pronunciation was. I went and I found a a news clip from like the it was a kid that had committed to Auburn. Wilkie Wilkie Denod. Yeah, it was I, Wilkie I, Denod. I wasn't I couldn't remember if it was Denod or Deno. The the local news from uh, where he was from did a story on him committing. And I went and found that clip to make sure that I knew how it was pronounced because I'm, I'm going to trust local news to pronounce things correctly too. So but I, again, I make no claims that even right. if I say my own name, it's pronounced correctly. Right. Brooks knows I always give him the side eye if there's a name on there when, <laughs> when I read it that day. I make him I make him look something up if it's uh, yeah. it's going to be more difficult. The the question that immediately follows me asking Ryan to uh, read the sports report is: Is there a hockey story today? Right. Is there a name that's hard to pronounce? Uh, appreciate Jeff for calling in there. Also, again, to, to hit on Jeff's question there about the brackets, we will uh, be doing uh, a bracket group again this year. We will make that and, and get it all together on Monday before the show. We'll be able to tell you the group name and everything. Uh, we'll, we'll put that out on our social media, but we'll also say that on the show on Monday. So we'll put that together right after the brackets come out, and, and throughout the day Monday we'll – uh, start to open that up and, and get going. Looking forward to having another bracket challenge this year, and and uh, it's always a great thing to unify everybody a little bit. Even people that, that don't watch a lot of basketball, I I know of plenty of stories of of people just picking based off of mascots and which coach they like more, and flipping coins. You're not going to win anyway, so have some fun with it. Yeah, why not? So let's continue to go through these conference tournament brackets. Just talked about the Big East, and we got someone fired. So let's let's. <laughs> who can let's, we do next? Uh, well, I can tell you who because Brooks, you uh, you told me this in the break. Uh, California no longer has their head coach, as they should it, <laughs> because <laughs> they went what three and twenty nine this year, uh, and that is former Georgia head coach Mark Fox, who was let go of uh, just a matter of moments ago. California decided to just be terrible again uh, this year. They were three and twenty-nine, two and eighteen in the Pac-12. I I don't know this by heart, so let me just go ahead and, and find some of uh, Cal's most impressive losses this year. 
uh, because I assume that this is going to be fun when you only win one conference game. <laughs> uh, or, excuse me, one non-conference game. Yeah, they open up with a thrilling 75-65 loss to UC Davis. Lost to Kansas State. That's acceptable. Lost to UC San Diego. Oh, boy. Lost to Southern by eight. That's Ooh. not what you want to do. Mm. Oh, God. Lost to, job. lost to Texas State. TCU's understandable. Clemson's understandable. Uh, let's get to December now. This was just bad. Uh, obviously, Arizona beat him. Lost to Eastern Washington. Mm. Lost to Butler by 24. We talked about Butler's not even good this year. Lost to Santa Clara by nine. Steve Nash was not on that team. And then uh, <laughs> they did beat UT Arlington mercifully uh, mercifully at the end of non-conference play. So that's why Mark Fox is no longer at Cal. Uh, but looking at the Pac-12 bracket today, one game already completed. That was one-seeded UCLA knocking out Colorado, 80-69. to Another game in progress right now, four-seeded Oregon, five-seeded Washington State. Oregon kind of needs this one for the bubble. They're up 25-15 to in the first half. You also, at 8 o'clock tonight, have number 8 Arizona, but two-seeded for the conference Arizona, taking on Stanford. A little bit of an upset winner over seven-seeded Utah. Stanford is the 10-seed. And then you've got USC and Arizona State tonight. Arizona State, the six-seed in the bracket. Arizona State also kind of on the bubble as well. If they can get another win, they will have to feel really good about their tournament situation. So, uh I think the story here is you've got two really nationally relevant teams with UCLA and Arizona. You've also got two teams in Oregon and Arizona State that could use another win to solidify their tournament. So Pac-12 is potentially significant for that top-line seeding of one and twos, but then also at the bottom for potential first four and and, uh, last teams into the tournament. Yeah, I I guess – for me, the the guy who just watches Auburn and nobody else, I'm really interested to see what Arizona State does here because of the Devin Cambridge connection. He's been sure. starting for them, uh, scores about seven or eight points a game for them. He's been playing pretty well. I think he's shooting 32, 33% from th- – hold on. I got the It is in the right 30s. Here. It is yeah, better 30, than what 30, it was at Auburn. 32 yeah. percent. So he's he's found his three-point stroke a little bit. Uh, he's been a really good player for them, seen a lot of highlights because – I mean, everybody just loves Devin, right? So I, I'm really interested to see what they do. And then you talk about the the teams at the top. I mean, UCLA had a great year. Uh, USC, a team that Auburn faced off against and lost a close one to without Wendell Green, by the way. Won that game without the presence of Wendell. And, uh, you, you know, some, some really good teams here in the Pac-12. This is a really good basketball conference. Yeah, USC ended up 22-9, uh, and nine, so they're going to make the NCAA tournament, of course, that game. Uh, USC be, being able to beat Auburn 74-71, but another close game. And as you mentioned, Wendell uh, not really participating there. UCLA had a tough break. Uh, however, if you look at the big picture, Jalen Clark, their second-leading scorer, yeah, probably not a better offense player than their third-leading scorer, who's Tiger Campbell. But uh, Clark, a very good defender, is out for the year now. So UCLA's title hopes, their, their second or third-best player, uh, gone. Their title hopes just, uh, I won't say got dashed. That would be unfair to uh, Jamie Jaquez, who's, or Jaquez, who's been there forever. And then, again, Tiger Campbell, who's been there forever. But uh, took a big hit there. Brooks, I don't know if you have anything on the, on the Pac-12 before we move on. Uh, but you, you, you are a big Pac-12 football guy. Yeah, Pac-12 after dark. Although, try and watch it on Apple if that happens. But uh, basketball, I know, 
hey, at least you get some Bill Walton. You enjoy yeah. some Bill Walton. I'll tell you what. Uh, Oregon has been a team that uh, has been not surprising, but, like, they've just been it, – it's been – not fun. What what am I looking for? It's been interesting to watch them the past few years because they were a team that a lot of people were, you know, they were they were winning that conference and they were uh, under uh, Dana Altman and they were a team that was challenging for deep tournament runs. And then this these past couple of years, they've kind of been just you know middle of the road. They haven't been phenomenal knocking people out, but they they haven't been awful. Uh, and then the the only other thing is is like you were saying, UCLA second leading scorer out. It, it was, and I, I saw a lot of articles and, and headlines. It's interesting that they announced it before the tournament got there because of all the different aspects that the tournament team, that the tournament committee takes into account. They may, like, even if UCLA wins the Pac-12, they may bump them down just a notch because they're like, oh, well, their second leading scorer is not here. We're going to knock them down just a, I hope just not, a notch. Though. That'd be lame. But I, it, it would it'd be very lame, but... You you just you never know what's going on through the tournament that tournament committee's head, yeah. but yeah, that we, will uh, be interesting to see if they do that. Though. Back You're to right. back uh, conference tournaments with a coach fired already. Let's go three for three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Big Ten. Juwan uh, Howard, we're coming for you. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, well, Big Ten is next, and Juwan Howard is living dangerously. So, to update you on the Big Ten tournament, uh, a conference with notably not ten teams. Uh, two <laughs> games played. Today already, Rutgers defeated Jawan Howard's Michigan team, sixty-two to fifty. Michigan was on the bubble. I think for the world they are out. Uh, I just can't fathom them being in at this point. They dropped to seventeen and fifteen. That is dangerously close to five hundred. Another bubble team like North Carolina, they lost to this year. I, I don't know Michigan's argument other than they've got a pretty big brand. Uh, Rutgers was also kind of on the bubble. That should that should make them feel better. Uh, Ohio State and Iowa. Ohio State surprise so far. Uh, they had a big victory over Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin, like Michigan, probably out because of losing their first Big Ten game. They were right on the bubble. Ohio State then goes and beats Iowa, who's not in trouble. They're 19-13, and 13, and they have a lot of quad one stuff. But again, Iowa, I mean, you expected to beat 14-18 and 18 Ohio State. They did not. So Ohio State, as the 13 seed, will be on to Michigan State tomorrow. Uh, later today, you've got Illinois and Penn State. Penn State's on the bubble as well. You see a theme with the Big Ten, the bubble. Uh, those are coexisting a lot this year. And then you've got a, another surprise from the other day. 14-seeded Minnesota beat 11 seed Nebraska. So they've got uh, the Fighting Turtles of Maryland uh, tonight. That's the nightcap there. So the, the teams on the double bye yet to play Purdue, uh, who is going to factor in the national conversation. Four-seeded Michigan State. Again, they're going to play Ohio State. So Purdue will play Rutgers. Michigan State will play Ohio State. You've got two-seeded Northwestern, a win that got better and better for Auburn as we advance through the season. They'll take on the Illinois-Penn State winner, and then Indiana, uh, the three-seed. Mike Woodson doing a good job there, uh, will play the winner of Maryland and Minnesota tonight. So, guys, I think pretty clear here, bubble and not going well for the bubble teams in the Big Ten thus far. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Ohio State, if I'm my memory serves me correctly, and it doesn't often, uh, they were ranked early in the year, weren't they? Like the, in non-conference yes. play, they were ranked, yes. and they were pretty. You know, they got up a little bit too, and then they entered conference play, and they just 
absolutely nosedived and when they hit conference play. I think they went on what two stre- two different stretches of just losses, losses, losses. Ohio State was ranked twenty third up until December the seventeenth. That was about ten games in. They lost to North Carolina. Yeah. In the CBS Sports Classic neutral floor, and then they were never ranked again. And then they, I think they, they went on a long stretch of losses. They won a game somewhere in there, and then they went on another long stretch of losses. Um, so they've got talent on that team. They're they're a team that you know kind of feels like the 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 Big Ten's version of Arkansas, where they had talent. People thought they were going to be you know pretty decent, and then they just took a nosedive. A little bit worse than Arkansas, but you know it it that that's my comparison. Um, Auburn. Uh, that Auburn game with Northwestern that continues to look good for Auburn as they they're you know like you said the two seed, Illinois is also a team that you kind of thought was going to be a little bit better than they were and they're they're number seven seed in this one. I I'll tell you what there's not a team in the Big Ten that I'm a hundred percent confident in. Purdue is good and they they're gonna fa- they're gonna factor into a national seed coming up here in a few days. But if you told me they lose a game in the Big Ten tournament, I'm not gonna be shocked. I'm not. Yeah. I would not be shocked whatsoever. To me, the thing that stands about stands out about Purdue, their best players are in their front court, right? So you've got their bigs are fantastic. Oh, no, Zach Eady's awesome. Yeah, yeah it, and that and that's great. But how many times have we said when it comes to March, when it comes to these single elimination tournaments, it is your guards yeah. that have to get you through. And I, I don't know if their guards are great or not, but I know that's not their focus, right? That's right. not where their best players are. So I'm wondering, not saying that Purdue's guards cannot produce there, but I have to wonder because they are not who we've heard about all year. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I fundamentally, I just don't like the idea of a team whose best player is a center and it's by a lot. I mean, like that's clearly their best player. I know Gonzaga's had that situation a couple times in the past where their, their best player is a big guy. I think uh, I'm trying to go through some of the recent national champions. Kansas was good kind of everywhere last year. I don't know if they had more than one guy really stand out. Uh, you think about Baylor when they thumped Gonzaga. Uh, that, that was kind of Davion Mitchell yeah, guards. And, and Jared Butler and all that. So those were guards. Uh, I know when Villanova's won in years past, Mikael Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, Scotty Reynolds, all those all this type of or Josh Hart, excuse me, Jalen Brunson, Sky Reynolds was earlier than that. Um, I just I get the impression that it's not the right kind of it's not the right kind of mix to have a big like that just be far away your best player. Too many things can happen to that big. Now, granted, everyone can get in foul trouble, but it's just a little easier for a big guy to get in foul trouble because you're meeting players at the rim. There's more fouls at the rim than there are 30 feet from the basket. I mean, that, that's that's kind of common sense there. And so there's that element. There is the element to where if you've got another a, a team, what, granted, no one's going to be necessarily as good as Edie, but just someone that's defensively good. There's not a lot of great offensive bigs, but there are some good defensive bigs. So if you have a good defensive big, you have someone that just offers a little resistance to Edie to where he's not shooting 14 foul shots or he a little less efficient. Maybe he gets 18 points, but on 16 shots. You know, that kind of thing is is really debilitating to a team that does not have as good of guard play. So I'm not saying Purdue's not going to win some tournament games. They will, but... As a national title contender, if we're having that conversation, that is not one of my favorites there. I just I don't like the makeup of, of that situation. So that's the Big Ten. We're going to keep firing them off here. Let's go to the Big 12. And the Big 12 is a conference that 
I believe is universally agreed upon as the best conference in college basketball this year. Now, I still think there's levels to the uh, appreciation for this this league that are maybe a little bit too overbearing, a little bit too respectful. Uh, For instance, Texas Tech, who uh, lost last night, they were in the next four out for Lenardi. They dropped to 16 and 16 <laughs> with the loss last night. I know they're definitely not making it now, but even at 16 and 15 to be that close to the tournament didn't strike me as what should be going on there. So to run you through what's uh, what's the current situation earlier today, four seeded Baylor lost to five seed Iowa State. One seed Kansas defeated West Virginia. West Virginia should still be safe. They're not really on the bubble. They had some good wins at the end there. Two-seeded Texas coming up at 6 o'clock. They're still number seven in the country. They'll take on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma last night in a low-scoring rock fight. Uh, the Cowboys are 18-14 and 14 overall. They are the epitome of a bubble team. They only went 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12, and they had a, a pretty big losing streak late. Nevertheless, they are right there on the bubble. So if they could somehow beat Texas, that they're, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, not saying they're out with a loss, but certainly a win. They've got to feel good. And then the nightcap tonight, just two quality teams, two top 25 teams, three-seeded Kansas State, six-seeded TCU, both those teams within the top 25. Both those teams, notably purple, and both those teams played – uh, football and the Big 12 championship game. So, uh, with the Big 12 in mind, a lot of people starting to like Kansas as a potential repeat national champion. Uh, a lot of the team is different from last year, uh, but nevertheless, number three in the country, uh, won convincingly against West Virginia today. Texas still highly ranked team, but I don't know if there's re- ever really been a point where anyone's loved them at the national level. They've just maintain their status from anywhere from like 6th to 15th all year long. Uh, and then again, there's the bubble element. I think West Virginia is off the bubble. I think they're good now. I think Texas Tech is off the bu- bubble for the wrong reasons. The true bubble team here is probably Oklahoma State. Uh, how do you see this playing out in a conference with, again, uh, the five top 25 teams, uh, one of them already out, though, because of Baylor, but uh, uh, what is perceived to be the strongest league uh, in college basketball? Um, I, one interesting storyline that I want to follow, and I, it didn't really affect them today, uh, but Bill Self was going to be out for the rest of the Big 12 tournament. We, we saw the reports Yeah, we out. did not fire him. He no. just, he's ill no. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was not with them today. Didn't seem to phase them that much. But once you get in the later stage of this tournament where you've got, you know, you're going up against an Iowa State tomorrow, Saturday, you know, you could be potentially taking on a Texas team or a Kansas State team if the, you know, the t- higher seeds went through. Um, it is how Kansas is affected in the Big 12 tournament later on without your head coach. Because if you get in a in a situation where it's you know a, a a close game at the very end and you're having to make some tough decisions, you know there's there's not a lot there. You, you lose a lot when you have a when you lose your head coach like and especially a coach like Bill Self who's been in a lot of big situations in his career. So I want to see how that plays out. Like I said, obviously didn't really affect them today because you know they they won that game. Um, you know, t- throughout the year, Big Twelve, like you said, it's been probably the best conference. The only two teams that you could make an argument that shouldn't be in the tournament is obviously Oklahoma and then Texas Tech. And like you said, they were still on the bubble according yeah. to Joe Lenardi. But I I would have made the argument they they didn't you know belong unless they went on a big run here in the tournament. But everybody else, tournament team, big uh, 
big conference this year. Um, Texas has been a, a story that they really didn't weren't phased after Chris Beard was fired. They continued to win. They continued to be a top ten basketball team. Uh, and and they're they're a two seed here in the tournament. Kansas is going to be a team, like you said, is is a team that could be a potential if they you know get the right bracket uh, in the NCAA tournament. They could be a repeat, uh, fin- at least a repeat Final Four. Maybe a potential see them in the national title game. This is just a fun conference to watch basket and watch, watch play basketball. Like this is like the Big East where there's a, there's not really a team that you you look at you don't remember the last time they were in the the NCAA tournament. Um, they're, they're just, they're, it's a fun conference to watch. And it, I can, you know, unfortunately it's, it's one of the short, because there's not as many teams, it's one of the shorter conference tournaments. And so it, we don't get as much from big 12 basketball tournament, uh, action, but it's, it's just going to be, it's a fun conference to watch. And I'll, I brought this up with, I think my brother the other day, because he was watching a Sunbelt conference. They play in Pensacola, which notably the state of Florida doesn't have a Sunbelt team. That's this, nice. This is played yeah. in Kansas City, Missouri. Notably, not a Big 12. Yeah, well, but at least that's geographically responsible it is. for a lot of Big 12 teams. Uh, Sunbelt, I mean, there, there's not a lot of them that are far from the Sunbelt, but there's definitely still some teams out in Texas. Yeah. So I don't. And the now you're up would in Virginia, been, too. Yeah. So I don't know about Florida for that. At least I can stomach, you know, the fact that Kansas is, is not far. And yeah. Some of those Texas teams and that sort of thing. Uh, another favorite thing about the Big 12 is the 10-team uh, bracket for the Big 12. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, they will get it right once Texas and Oklahoma leave <laughs> because they will subtract two. That'll be eight. They'll welcome in four. And, oh, my God, they'll have their number. Like at least, like with number conferences, it's not hard to be true to your name. I know in in the ever changing landscape of college athletics, where teams are all over the place, despite being in a conference name for geography, that that's just not going to be true anymore. But if your if your conference is a number, um, you can get that right. You simply change the number. I, I, or, or or something of the sort. I don't know. You it just, just you just have to redesign the logo, which is not too hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's super easy for something like the Pac-12, right? Because it, like at least the Big Ten is like their logo is iconic, right? Like they're very symbolic of what that conference is. Tough to change that, but the Pac-12 is just the conference of champions. Yeah. The conference that might not exist in five years. We will see. Uh, but. <laughs> Anyway, so that's the Big 12. The Alliance, Ryan. The Alliance. The, yeah, it worked great for everyone, I A think. A year. Um, yeah, if, if even. So one more conference tournament here, aside from the SEC. We're just going to go straight through here. We've got another 10 minutes or so in the show. Break down the ACC, and again, one last comment or so on Auburn and Arkansas. So the ACC uh, men's basketball tournament has been well underway today. Uh, Miami was able to defeat Wake Forest in a close one. Wake Forest gave them a challenge, but Miami advances. They were the regular season champs. Duke smacked Pittsburgh. That was unfortunate, but that's what happened. Uh, Later tonight, 6 o'clock, Virginia, North Carolina. Carolina really needs it. Uh, They are bubbling of bubbles, and you can have thoughts on if their name is going to get them in, but again, very much a bubble team. Three-seeded Clemson, six-seeded NC State. Both those teams will make the NCAA tournament, but neither one is ranked. So uh, you got Miami and Duke in the semis tomorrow. The ACC does wrap up a day earlier than some of these others. So Miami and Duke tomorrow, that'll be a fun one. And then uh, 
if, if it went chalk, you'd have Virginia Clemson. But uh, either way, Virginia-North Carolina winner is going to be a fun one, matching up with someone out of the, the bottom there. NC State, uh, I believe, smacked Virginia Tech last night. So, uh, bubble team for North Carolina. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to be in the tournament despite losing today. I really don't think there's another bubble team in the ACC. Syracuse just never got there. Wake Forest, not enough of a run. So, really, uh, beside crowning the champion of the ACC, this is to see if Carolina does enough to get in at large. Uh, that is a, a big story because of the brand. They are 20-12 and 12 overall in the year. If they don't make it, they're the first team since the field expanded to 64 to be preseason number one and not make the NCAA tournament it would be a cataclysmic failure. Even if they get in, they're going to be first four. They might be done before they actually cut it down to 64. Uh, but of this ACC bracket, you know, what's, you know what I'm starting to figure out, guys? Duke's turned a corner. Duke has been very good lately, and uh, they won a low-scoring game in Chapel Hill to end the season. I think they've won about six in a row now. Again, I know Pittsburgh's not great, but to beat them 96-69 to today, they were up 30-something pretty early in the second half. Uh, Duke might have a different route this year than what we're accustomed to. Uh, but they're coming on at the right time, and Senses that's you don't like to hear that. That I know, <laughs> I know. Trust me, I'm, but I'm just being objective here. Uh, that's going to be a tough out, both in this ACC tournament and in the NCAA tournament. I know everyone's trying to cope with it. I know, <laughs> I know. You look at the ACC tournament. Um, Miami Duke is going to be a fun game tomorrow. You know, I I really and it, you know I I like to be neutral and i know you're ryan you are a uh, a supporter of the university of national champions i like to be neutral that north carolina virginia game is going to be fun um i think it's just wrong if I, I, i'm not gonna say it's wrong if north carolina misses the tournament in general but the fact that they played for a national title last year and then would miss the tournament the next year that is wrong that should not happen where you play for a national title one year and miss it the next year um Clemson NC State's going to be a fun game. I think uh, you. Uh, I think I just saw an article moments ago. I have to go back and look where Did NC State fired. No, no, NC State's coach <laughs> was like uh, a name that said name to watch with the Georgetown. Uh, Kevin Keats yeah. is the NC State coach. Okay, uh, it, it was him, and then it was uh, ironically Rick Pitino, who we've been talking about <laughs> too. Uh, are two the two names to, uh, two big names to watch for the that Georgetown spot that just came open with uh, Patrick Ewing being fired. ACC is is always a good conference. This year, it it feels like they weren't as good as you usually expect them to be. Um, like like you said, only you know right now six teams in the tournament, and you're like, oh, only six teams in the in, in the tournament, maybe seven uh, if you can get North Carolina in there. Um, and it, it's it's these are some fun matchups. The ACC is one of those tournaments where it it feels like, you know it, it gets over a day earlier, but it feels like it lasts a lot longer than the rest of them because they start on Tuesday and go to Saturday. If they could take a day off in between, like if you played the semifinals Friday, or you know even you know skip Friday, play the semifinals Saturday, and let them play on Sunday, that would be great. I could watch the ACC tournament twelve days out of the week. It's it's just a fun fun league to watch. Yeah, you, you always feel like the ACC is kind of the basketball conference. I know we just talked about the Big 12, but the ACC has so much history, a lot of it coming from Duke and North Carolina. But, 
Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting to look at is always the bubble teams. And like Ryan said, UNC is the bubble team uh, in this. So I'm very curious to see if they can get past Virginia. If they do get past Virginia, is that enough? Will they have to beat Duke or Miami or whoever comes out of the top of the bracket or Clemson or NC State? I, I don't know. The, the UNC angle is to me what's most interesting. Because like Brooks said, they played for a national championship last year. And it, it, the fact that they are on the bubble is shocking. You don't see that very much. Look, there there is – if people cared enough, you could have a very intense debate on the merit of Carolina because their net's not good. We, we talked about net not being the end-all, be-all, and we've had our discussions on that today. But their net's not good. It's in the 50s. And I just remember the net is the new RPI. And so when teams had RPIs in the 40s, that was usually like the nervous time. So 50s was, you're going to have to have a damn good argument to get in. And so if you believe the Nets just like the RPI in that aspect of it, then Carolina's in big trouble there. But you're also going to have this angle, which I admit, as someone that supports North Carolina, this is a real element to it. Because we'd be talking about this if this were Kentucky. There was a scenario this year where Kentucky was going to be sweating it out like this. Are you really going to say no to North Carolina? Are you going to say no to the opportunity to put Carolina in a first four and drum up the excitement of putting one of the three biggest brands in the sport in the first four? Look, I'm not saying that's a reason to put them in. I'm not trying to stand for them. They've had a bad season. They have underachieved greatly. They deserve to be nervous right now. But if you're just looking at this of what the committee will actually do, does that factor into their minds? that you can cook up some drama with Carolina in the first four. I think that's a real possibility. That should not ever be what someone like North Carolina has to rely on. They've done this to themselves. But at the end of the day, if you change the big brand out and put Kentucky or Duke here, especially Kentucky because they were headed in this direction, what, if you were being honest with, with yourselves, would you really think they'd leave them out? Probably not, if you're, if you're being honest. But... Again, I think resume-wise, when you look at how Carolina's played, they deserve to miss the NCAA tournament this year. They deserve to be a one seed in the NIT. But we will see if they do beat Virginia, if they're able to go on and get to the ACC final. Obviously, if they win the whole thing, they're in. But if they get another win or two, does that make a difference? I'd love – they will. you'll never know this, and, of course, I'm saying this right now because it really affects one of the, the teams I, I root for but I'd always love to know with the committee when you get to that last four in first four out what decided it like like was there one particular game was there one particular moment was there a uh, 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 what did you care about the last 10 games did you care about that neutral floor win in December did you even give a damn about the conference tournament I'd, I'd really wish they'd be honest and and answer those questions now, to be fair, the committee changes often. So in two years, it might not make a hill of beans difference because they're all different. Uh, but I would always love to know that that transparency. Unfortunately, uh, if you're a betting man, I, I do not think you'll get very forthcoming answers. But uh, that's why it's going to be nerve-wracking for, for teams like Carolina. We went through all the bubble teams in those big leagues. There's some bubble teams in the smaller leagues. Utah State, Nevada. Uh, out in the Mountain West, 
are playing very important conference tournament games in theory, assuming that the <laughs> that the tournament's not already been bracketed or not bracketed, but they've already made decisions. Nevada is losing right now at halftime to San Jose State. That would not be a good thing for Nevada, who's already lost to a nine-win Wyoming team down the stretch. Uh, so th- there is some there's some other bubble teams out there, but that about covers it in the big conferences. Again, went through all those brackets. And again, one more time, if you're just joining us, Monday we will have our version, our, our, our bracket group for the NCAA tournament uh, like we had last year. It'll be public, free for anyone to participate in, uh, and we'll be getting that together Monday. We'll make an announcement both on social media and on the show on Monday how you can join us uh, and play uh, some some bracket fun and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I again will go into several spiels about how I would rather my real life teams do the thing than my bracket. Uh, so I'll probably pick anti teams in my bracket so I get something out of it either way. <laughs> I don't. Do you ever fill out a bracket that way where you're just like, or maybe you fill out too. Maybe you fill out your team winning and then you fill out your quote unquote real bracket where it's like, yeah. Here's what I here's the things I don't want to happen. They're probably going to happen, so I'll put these down and that way I've hedged the bet so to speak. You ever do any of that? So, full disclosure here, the first time I ever filled out a bracket was last year. All right, never mind. And I chose Auburn to win, and I feel like a lot of people chose Auburn to win. Auburn was a very good team last year and I felt like they legitimately had a shot. So, I went with Auburn and that was my bracket. <laughs> And it hurt in the round of 32 doubly. Boy, did it ever. I've, I've talked about this before on this program, but, um, you know, the, the NCAA tournament starts that Tuesday night. Monday night is what I call Brooks's bracket bonanza. And I fill out a, <laughs> at, at minimum five different brackets. Yep. And so there are situations where I pick, you know, different teams. Because there's, there was one last year. I had one of mine that I had Auburn winning at all. There was, you know, and then there was a couple where I had Auburn losing pretty early. And so the, there's, there's, you know, no, there's methods to the madness. And so there's, there's going to be brackets uh, like you where I'm, I'm picking and there's going to be somewhere I'm like, oh, well, this one, you know, Auburn won in this one or, uh, you know, so the X team won in this one. And I'm happy about it. About out of time for the show today. That was fun breaking down all these major conference brackets. But now time to get out of here with the nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what do we got? Tonight, I am not going to give you a single, not a single one, movie because there's too much basketball on. There is. There's just way too much basketball on. And we're going to start you in the NBA because that's where, you know, that's where everybody wants to watch tonight, right? <laughs> right? Can I get an I, amen? I'm going to watch the game you're going to say because it involves the Warriors, but but anyway, go 6.30 ahead. TNT tonight. It's a doubleheader night for TNT. Golden State Warriors visit the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant still not back for the uh, the Grizzlies. He's going to be out for at least, what, four more games for them? Yeah, yeah. And so he's not back yet. Then the nightcap, 9 o'clock on TNT. The Knicks head west to take on the Kings. Bet you didn't think that was going to be a national TV game. I sure didn't. Uh, elsewhere, college basketball action for you tonight. It's all over the place. 6 o'clock, ESPN2, Oklahoma State, Texas, ESPN, North Carolina, Virginia, FS1, DePaul, Xavier, 6 o'clock on SEC Network, Arkansas and Auburn, ESPNU at 6 o'clock, the American Conference Tournament, Tulsa, Wichita State, USA Network, LaSalle takes on Fordham at 6.30, and of course, so much action tonight, late night, highlighted by, like we said, that TCU-Kansas State game, Villanova-Creighton, I'll tell you what, here's some 
uh, wild card pick for you. ESPN Plus tonight, eight thirty. CUSA quarterfinals. Rice UAB. UAB is a fourteen point favorite. Too. Go Blazers. Uh, thank you, Brooks. That was the nightly TV guy presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And thank you for being on the show here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Brant, thank you for being here on the show as well. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you for having me. And as always, we thank all those that tuned in and called in. For Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Enjoy Auburn basketball tonight and all the college basketball, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.